Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. We are back on the podcast to recap week 12 and uh, talk about a little Thanksgiving fun. Hopefully everybody had enjoyed Thanksgiving as much as we did. You know I'm always back here with Shaka to break down the week. Shaka, how you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, lots of food, some great homemade desserts, uh, and the itis. Got to sleep quite a bit this weekend, so I'm very happy. Nice, nice, dude. As as I would expect, get a lot of turkey in your system, get some napping on the couch. I did a little bit of that myself in between all of the football games that we had, but we are not. No, we are not going to start with Thanksgiving Day football. We, of course, are going to start with your New York Jets, Shaka, losing to the Patriots. Not exactly the biggest of surprises, but... It was a much more competitive game than most of the Patriots games out there, and it might not be Rex Ryan coaching the Jets anymore, but Todd Bowles has definitely given the Patriots a run for their money. Give me some takeaways from this game. I guess um, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. More often than not, the Patriots and Jets games usually pretty contentious. It's not an outright blowout. No. Nope. No. I kind of felt that both teams are on different ends of a competitive spectrum this year. Mm-hmm. The Jets played really well. Um, Fitzpatrick, up until the fourth quarter, yep. played very well. Yep. Um, Brandon Marshall, who's been practically non-existent this season at wide receiver, and kind of rekindled the magic that they had last year. Uh, and also the fact that Quincy Nunua, yeah, man, has been good, but was great. Uh, finally, for, I, I like, think this was the first real breakout game for Inunua. Which we've been kind of waiting for all season. But yeah. I mean, it, it finally showed up when they needed it most. Unfortunately, it was not enough. Mm-hmm. I think uh, really kind of a, really brings me down is that just probably the weakest they could have gotten the Patriots possibly at all this season. And they, Brady's nursing a, a, a leg injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gronk essentially Gronk. played for, Gronk like, left. a smidge of the game. Gronk was pretty much gone. Um, I, I, I don't know if he had a punctured lung or a broken rib or what the... He's, I think he's still recovering from this perforated lung. Yeah, they listed it as a back injury, but the way he fell, um, it was basically he fell on a, a missed pass from Brady, and he fell hard. So they said it was a back injury, but it looked more like he landed on his chest. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the lung. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, besides that... Um, a few takeaways, Malcolm Mitchell looking like probably going to be the man out there before long in uh, New England. Little he, little throwback he, to Randy Moss? Uh, a little bit. I'd say he doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have that dominant threat. But when it comes to being in the red zone, just guarantee uh, Brady's going to give him a look. And he, you know what? He makes the most of those looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that he was burning Darrell Revis? He burned him a couple times. There's yeah. one coverage play where he absolutely, dude, I, I couldn't even, if I had to go back and replay it to find Revis in the picture. Yeah. There was so much separation. And in the other one, Revis was probably three steps too far away to even be a factor. Mm-hmm. So, I again, I don't know if that's the, the coverage or just Revis kind of being a space cadet, but he, he didn't have a shot at all. I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of all those factors. Um, I, I need to give credit though to the Jets' defense because I thought that the Jets came out with a really good game plan. I think they were trying to limit 
you know, Brady's sort of downfield plays as much as possible. It's it's some ways they almost limited them for most of the game until the end of right. the game. Uh, That's true. But you you saw the Jets trying to make the most of because you know, very quickly Gronk was out of the game and Martellus Bennett really wasn't playing that well either. So this this strength of the Patriots offense, this two tight end set, kind of disappeared, and you saw them really relying a lot on the you know the running game. Legarrette Blunt was doing what he's been doing all season. Uh, but you saw Malcolm Mitchell really kind of shine in this game, and more so than Chris Hogan. You know, Chris Hogan was there, but you said it. I think Malcolm Mitchell's really going to be the guy now. Um, and the Jets were taking advantage of that poor Patriots defense. I mean, the Patriots Which, defense. I don't, I don't think we talk about that enough. You're right. The defense is it's, it's got a lot of holes. And yes. I, it's something I kind of allude to with the Raiders. We'll probably talk about mm-hmm. the same problem later. No, oh, we will. That that a great offense that kind of overshadows just how um, how porous the defense is. Yeah, they really, they they need to pile on the points to to keep things uh, from being in doubt. And it's tricky. It's really tricky. I mean, for most of this game, you know, the Jets looked like they were almost they were in control, and it really looked like, you know, you said it. You know, Anunwa had a breakout game. Brandon Marshall showed up for the first time in a while. Uh, you know the the tricky part was the Jets. Listen, when you're when you're a team that's like three and eight, mistakes and shooting yourself in the foot, I think, is some of the biggest problems that they have. And you know they had a couple of turnovers that were just. There's no way you're going to win the game. You turn the ball over like that. They're pretty egregious, and I think again you you said it. Um, when you're a three and eight team, you the mistakes that have been plaguing you all season will show up eventually. And I think in the first half we got to see potentially what the Jets team could look like yeah. or should look like this season if they play to their strengths and play to their best ability. But going into the second half, we just saw the Patriots kind of, well, do what the Patriots do, especially in the fourth quarter. And yeah. Tom Brady, who did not have a great game. Nope. Uh, I mean, he really kind of brought it on in that, that last quarter when it really counted, when it really mattered. And I had this just sense of dread as time went on where I was just like, man, this is just feeling... I'm feeling the moment slip away. It's, you know, it's just looking and knowing that this is not going to last. This is going to be a problem, which I've had, trust me, I've had years and years of uh, experience with uh, just, you know, divisional matchups between the Patriots and the Jets where it seems that we were either in the game and something happens where you just kind of throw your second hands up and go, of course. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when Fitzpatrick fumbled in the fourth quarter, oh, God. I kind of rolled my eyes just, of course, not even, not even a chance to take a full breath before you knock the wind out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was, was a rough one to kind of watch. I mean, just you know, because Tom Brady did what he does. He marched down the field at the end of the game, scored a touchdown. I, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, especially. You know, I heard a uh, Mike Lombardi say this on Bill Simmons' podcast: how some teams are like, some teams are, you know, some teams are sixty-minute teams, and then other teams are like you know, 45-minute teams or their 30-minute teams or something like It's like the Jets are almost like that 45-minute team. It's like they look amazing for three quarters of the game. And then... Yeah, and then, I don't know, I'm trying to find a word to describe that that fourth quarter when they just, besides, the, they just get goofy. Yeah. It's just, it's almost, it's almost like a, it's almost like a movie. Yeah. Legitimately, it's like a movie. It, it's like it, it's like everything kind of falls apart. It, it, the exhaustion sets in, and they just can't keep the game together. And 
I mean, that's what Bill Belichick thrives on. He's going to look for those opportunities. And, you know, Deion Lewis coming back, that adds an element to their offense, which I think they desperately needed once the tight ends were gone. Yeah. He definitely definitely filled it up. You know, he he had some big catches, as he usually does out of the backfield. And he he spelled LeGarrette Blunt just a little bit. The running running game for the Patriots wasn't fantastic, but it did the trick. It kept the the chains moving. Um, And a... In a game where the Jets, you know, rush defense is still pretty good. Yeah. Unfortunately, the secondary just really can't. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about that. That Jets run defense is good, and, you know, I think it definitely showed up in this game, but the secondary did not back them up. I, um, the one thing I kind of took away from this was just trying to imagine Bryce Petty in the same situation. Granted, you know, New England secondary isn't amazing. Just seeing how he would have handled this and imagining Bill Belichick scheming a game plan for him just to really kind of hide the fact that the defense isn't that good, just changing looks and schematics to kind of throw him off and make him check down. Mm-hmm. You think that, uh, you think, you think Bryce Petty would have looked any better than Fitzpatrick? Uh, probably not. Probably as far not. as things go, Ryan Fitzpatrick surprised me and really impressed me mm-hmm. enough that, Maybe going into next week. I, I have to look to see. I'm not sure if he's actually guaranteed to get the start for next week or if they're going to kind of go back to the formula of letting the rookie, or rather the untested, get another shot to start. I'd be very interested to see how this shakes out. Um, I uh, Because, again, we've talked about this before. I don't really know the biggest benefit of keeping Fitzpatrick under center if you really are going to try to be looking towards the future. Um. Uh, hey, a quick, real quick before we move on, Malcolm Mitchell. Do we need to stash him in fantasy? I know it's the end of the fantasy season, but could this guy be like a nice little, a nice little stash for a championship run? I would have said it was a tough call last week, just because. But um, I think it really depends on the status of Gronk. Okay. Moving forward, health wise. Okay. He, I, I, he clearly is not as healthy as they were letting people you know, believe, and mm-hmm. who knows, he might have actually only played in this game to be a decoy because he's been so dominant against the Jets in the past. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible he might not really have been it's the old, the the old New England time, Patriots yeah. injury deception, trying to keep it close to the vest. Wouldn't put it past him, so it's possible he might not really have been a factor in the first place, but um, yeah, again, moving forward with Bronx injury, I can expect Mitchell to get some more looks in the red zone for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you ready to move on? Yes, please. Let's go to Monday Night Football. My Philadelphia Eagles losing to the Green Bay Packers. Um, all right, so I got, I got to spit a few things about this game, which was that I felt weird going into it when the Eagles were heavily favored. I know the Packers were on a losing streak. I know the Eagles have been playing out of their minds. But even still, even as well as the Eagles have been playing at home, I had a little trepidation because I'm sitting here going, this is Aaron Rodgers. As poorly as the Packers have been playing, you and I have talked about this, that offense is not really the problem. You know, yeah, they don't have a running game, but Aaron Rodgers can still air it out, and the defense has been one of the biggest issues. And the thing that came out in this game last night was that both of the offenses looked pretty good early on, but Aaron Rodgers has done this before. And... He knows how to throw the ball, and I think we've discovered that the real weak spot of this Eagles D, it's a good Eagles D, but the weak spot is the secondary, and that is what the Packers are good at. They're good at throwing the ball. Aaron Rodgers 
did whatever the fuck he wanted to do yesterday. <laughs> and the Eagles, um, hello, have no running game now. And they've got no real passing game either. I'm starting to sit here now and really say, you know what? There's nobody around Carson Wentz to help him out. And as the game went on, it became more and more apparent that he didn't really have anybody helping him, especially when Jordan Matthews got hurt and had to leave the game. Okay, I've spouted a little bit on this. I want to hear some of your thoughts on this game, Shaka. I I, I sympathize with you on this one. I honestly, look, I, I know for sure last week I picked the Eagles going in, and I thought they had a legitimately good chance at I, home. Dude, I did too, take, and I think everybody agreed with you. I think I think they had a legit chance to take this in. I'm a little disappointed. I was really expecting Wendell Smallwood to kind of yeah, kind of bring it a little bit. So really, this is his chance to shine. All these injuries, and also, I kind of had to take in a factor. I feel like the game plan going in was to use him more. Mm-hmm. But just the weather, the weather was definitely a factor. Mm-hmm. I think in uh, kind of not really putting the the game ultimately in his hands mm-hmm. in terms of running the football. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely one interception I knew because my eyes. I felt like it was almost like an eye trick where Carson Wentz threw the, that interception where he overthrew it. Oh, yeah. The ball, the ball coming out of his hands just looked it, like it had been juiced. It, it looked just, like it was like floating or something. Like he clearly, yeah, like it almost left his hand too early or something. You could almost tell by the trajectory of his hand itself. Like it was just clearly, there was something like it was almost like a hidden string. Mm-hmm. And that thing just sailed on him, you know. So there was definitely a couple factors that worked against him. Mm-hmm. And. I think Aaron Rodgers absolutely was surgical in yes. terms of not making any mistakes, capitalizing off the mistakes. And really, I, God, I don't have any other way to put it. There was just some throws that were just... They were I breathtaking. Mean, they were fucking magical. I, mean, I think one, I saw one of the best throws I've ever seen in my life. Dude, that second touchdown of Devontae Adams where he put it that like was, through the hands of the defender, it was breathtaking. I had to watch that a few times from a few different angles just because I... And even the defender, I wasn't sure if he just didn't see it or if he, his hand-eye coordination was putting his hands out to catch the ball, but it was, the moment had already passed him. Mm-hmm. And the ball was already beyond his, his grasp. It was amazing. It was a beautiful throw. I, but I, I think, again, how do you defend against a throw like that from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, and this really exploited that as good as this Eagles defense is, they still... You know, the secondary is not bad, but it's the part of the defense that you can attack. It's the thing that's been injured. It's the part, It you know, Leotis McKelvin has given up big plays this season. And, you know, okay, and something else I want to mention, which I started to think about more and more. I started to say, okay, what are the games that the Eagles have won and what are the games the Eagles have lost? And I started to think, well... Their, de- their front seven is brilliant. You got Fletcher Cox, you got Benny Logan. These guys really tear apart offensive lines. They get penetration in the backfield, and they're really able to, to mess up an offense's timing. And I said, who are the quarterbacks who've been able to get through this and beat them? And I realized the defense for the Eagles can get all over the offensive line. They can collapse the pocket, but the quarterbacks who can roll out of the pocket and still throw the ball are the ones who have gotten the better of them. So think about it. Aaron Rodgers, he can roll out of the pocket. Russell Wilson, he can roll out of the pocket. They also lost to the um, uh, they lost to Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford can roll out of the pocket. Dak Prescott can roll out of the pocket. And I started to think, well, who have they beaten? They've beaten the Minnesota Vikings. Sam Bradford can't move. They've beaten uh, the Cleveland Browns, who had Robert Griffin, who, listen, Robert Griffin's mobile, but I don't really know if we can prove Robert Griffin's good at anything right now. 
Um, they beat uh, the Chicago Bears with Jay Cutler. So it was this real situation where they can get – their pass rush is good. They can collapse the pocket. But if you've got a quarterback who can kind of maneuver amongst that that broken pocket and make a play out of it, the Eagles don't really have an answer for that. And they've been burned multiple times on this. And I'm starting to think when I'm looking at uh, opponents – if there's a quarterback who's able to kind of burn them in sort of that secondary opportunity, I think that's where the Eagles are really going to be uh, are really going to get hurt coming up in the the the, uh, the rest of the season. What what do you think of that? I think it's actually a great play. I'm thinking actually to the the Falcons um, Eagles game where Matt Ryan yeah. basically had his way with the secondary as well. Granted, they managed to pull it out. Uh, it's still yeah, you're right. It's a big kind of glaring hole he needs to address, and also. Uh, Again, oh, we're talking about the weapons. Yeah. And Carson Wentz has Dude, on his side. no and weapons, gonna, man. You can't really keep up, you know, in a shooting match if your gun's really kind of underpowered. Dude. Um, it became you know, more and more apparent. Nelson Aguilar is sitting because I think everyone is starting to come to grips with the fact that he's a bit of a bust. Yeah. He yeah. might need just to sit to kind of get his shit together, for I lack mean, of a better word. Doriel um, Green-Beckham was the one who looked like the number one receiver. I mean, Jordan Matthews looked good, but sadly, he got hurt right before halftime, and he missed the rest of the game. Right now, I'm sitting here going, you know what? Could we get Josh Huff back here? Because he looked pretty good. <laughs> Someone. I, it, you guys are really depleted right now. I mean, in all facets of the offense. It was and, just... But, I mean, besides Zach Ertz. Yeah, and and for really some, and Carson Wentz could not get him because listen, I think Carson Wentz has got some growing to do, but he's not Aaron Rodgers yet. He can't be as surgical as Aaron Rodgers, and he couldn't get the ball to Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was there; there were opportunities, but just, I mean, he couldn't. I think the subtlety's not there yet, where you know, like good quarterbacks in the NFL who or rather veteran quarterbacks know how to look off defenders, and mm-hmm. you really get that that fake. They really snapped the football and really kind of let the defenders bite on it before they throw to the intended receiver. I think he telegraphed still a little bit too much. Yes. He still can throw the football really well, but he maybe probably telegraphed a little bit uh, too much. No, I agree. I totally agree. And the last thing I'm going to say is you talk about more injuries, Eagles offensive line. Still more and more yeah. injuries. Uh, Brandon Brooks was a very late scratch um, Halapuli Vatavaitai, who had to take over for Lane Johnson, was also uh, he was he was inactive. These are two guys who were late injuries. Um, you had to shuffle around the offensive line. I mean, everything just worked against the Eagles in this situation, and it was a much needed win for the Packers. You know, the Packers didn't really run the ball. James Starks was in there; he did some work, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers did what you know he did whatever the hell he needed to do. And for the first time in several weeks, the Packers faced an offense that couldn't move the ball. They, they, yeah, you're absolutely right. They definitely needed the W, and I think um, they really got nowhere to look but up in terms of uh, what they've got. Because really, they their running game is still Starks is still a question mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, though, realistically, we know he's not going to be no. the guy. He's just he's he's filling the gap. Devontae Adams is awesome. Um, obviously, Jordy Nelson is Jordy Nelson. Uh, I'm really curious to see how uh, Jared Cook pans out. Uh, he's He's got a lot of upside in the tight end position for them, but he's kind of got a history of just being a little bit of a space cadet himself. So they have a few questions still moving forward, but if if Rodgers can do what he's been doing all season and just kind of carry him and hope hope the defense can kind of stitch together some competent games, they still have a shot. I'm more worried about the Eagles in the sense that they've got so many injuries. It's starting to look like um, just with the – 
the matchups they have on the schedule coming down there. They might be hobbling across the finish line. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, with the injuries piling up, it's looking like the Eagles, it's looking like the rebuilding season we thought it was going to be. I mean, they're facing some tough teams coming up. They've got the Bengals this coming weekend, and that's not going to be an easy out. The Bengals look awful this year, but that's a that's the AFC North. Those guys will hit you hard no matter what they're yeah. – even the Cleveland Browns will hit you hard in that division. Uh, do we need to get away from this game? I think so. We don't really have any fantasy uh, no. studs. I mean, really kind of highlight like, I, I don't want to highlight any of the backups. Them. We've already said Jared Cook is kind of a pick. He's kind of a space cadet. I don't know how good I feel about him as a tight end. And, you know, Wendell Smallwood, I picked him up on a few of my fantasy teams, but the usage was not there. And, you I know, did as well. and, and Sproles, was, yeah, Sproles was playing, man. Sproles was in the mix, too. And I thought without Sproles, Smallwood might get more touches, but not the case. It was a little disappointing. Yeah, Who dis- we got next? Thanksgiving Day, Dallas Cowboys continue to roll along, beat the Washington Redskins 31-26. Cowboys are 10-1 and and look amazing, but you can't negate the fact that the Redskins are very, very dangerous, and you can't negate the fact that Kirk Cousins threw 449 passing yards and three touchdowns. All three of those touchdowns were in the fourth quarter. Let's start off by talking about the Redskins right now. What are, what are some of your hot takes on this Redskins team? I mean, they're, kind of, they're a fun team to watch. I still say they live and die by whether or not Jordan Reed can stay healthy. It's mm-hmm. been their problem since last year, realistically. And again, I, in my opinion, as far as tight ends go, behind Gronk, he's number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you do not get a full season sample sizing of him. You'll get just these outstanding games where he's just dominant, uh, especially in the red zone. Kirk Cousins can telegraph as many damn passes as he wants to. It doesn't matter. Reed, is, it's all of, you know up to whether or not Reed can break away from the defender, which he's usually pretty good at. Um, mm-hmm. He basically kept him in this Cowboys game. So I, he's also got an injury. I'm trying to remember. I think it's a ligament injury or something. So again, he's... Um, Kirk Cousins? Sorry, not Kirk Cousins, uh, Jordan Reed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a knee injury, so he's um he's still sort of day to day for the next game. So yeah, you know, which is kind of one of the reasons why you know Jamison Crowder has stepped up. Yeah, and played so well. It's those games where Reed is you know not. And I love Vernon Davis, man. Vernon Davis is still even in this oh. game. Vernon Davis got work in this game. That's a great point. Uh, I thought Vernon Davis was going to do so much more when he was with, with the Broncos, but he really didn't pan out with them. But amazingly. He's come in and been a great second option at tight end. Even in games where Jordan Reed has played, Vernon Davis has had some big, big plays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like. I was just saying. Someone asked me uh, if I was looking for a tight end to pick up for this coming week or for the uh, the championship. I said, "You got to think about Vernon Davis." I said, "C.J. Fedorowicz or Vernon Davis? These two guys are hot." It's entirely possible. And, you know, especially if Reed going down the stretch. If Reed's out for you, Vernon Davis is going to get play, and the Redskins do like to run plays to their tight end, so mm-hmm. he will get some some looks. Uh, R. Kelly, man, he slowed down a little bit. Fat Rob? Very disappointing. A little disappointing. I started him in a couple of leagues. He burned me here and there. I, I'm going to have faith that he'll bounce back, that this was just a tough Dallas defense, even though I don't think Dallas's defense is that tough. I, I kind of have to chalk it up, really, to this one turned into kind of a shootout. Yeah, it did. The they were, Redskins were playing from behind for most of the game. Yeah, they had no choice. They really, they really couldn't afford to run the football and stay on pace with this team that, you know, and Ezekiel Elliott, who, if you let them, you know, 
they go up a touchdown, they go up 10 points on you, they'll just run the football all game. At some point, he's going to bust one out on you. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys, this, this team is... I mean, I'm trying to find some type of flaw to exploit them. I want to keep saying it's their defense. I mean, in the fourth quarter, you saw their defense give up some huge plays, but... I mean, the offense is so damn good that they can just come right back and answer. I mean, Dak Prescott, he cre- he just adds so much versatility to this defense or this offense because he can run the ball too, and he can. And yeah. now he's showing he can clearly throw the ball very, very well. Yeah, I think the the, the offensive staff has kind of uh, given him a little more freedom, mm-hmm. given him some more confidence, and said, "Hey, you know what? If you see the opportunity to take the strike down field, go ahead and air it out." And he's doing it. Yeah. And, you know, you've got Des Bryant to throw to. You kind of don't have to be perfect. You've kind of got to be in the wheelhouse. Yeah. So, um, I think if you factor that in, I don't think the defense, well, you know what? Again, you're absolutely right. If there's going to be a question mark, it's probably going to be defense. But you take it in mind, you got to defend against Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Gasson. you got Jamison Crowder, who's an excellent possession receiver and can burn you every once in a while. you mm-hmm. got Jordan Reed to think about, Vernon Davis. Yeah, at some point, you know, um, this Redskins offense is going to kind of break through on you. They're going to score. Yeah. So you kind of have to take your lumps. But they did just enough to kind of keep the uh, keep the offense from having to do all the work. Yeah. The defense held it. They held, it, they held uh, the gates. But, man, it was a close one. And that really, all it takes is one turnover on the um, Dallas side to kind of change the swing of things. Dude, and now we're sitting here saying the Cowboys won by five points. Redskins missed two field goals. Ooh, All of a sudden, you're sitting there going, "Damn, man! This I, listen. That's a divisional rivalry, and you know the Redskins—they're in a tough division. Don't be deceived by their six-four and one record. Okay, they are dangerous. Yeah, they're a very competitive team, and just uh, put them in any other division in the NFL, and I mean they clean up. Yeah, man. And this is listen. This was a similar game. These two teams played in week two, and it was just as close. It came down to the wire. I, I honestly, I'm trying to think here if there were any standouts in fantasy, but it's it's pretty much the same. Yeah, the same the the the, the, the usual suspect. Cole yeah. Beasley had a solid game. Mm-hmm. He's he's always kind of the question mark. But um, besides that, it's the usual. Rob Kelly, I, I'd say give him another shot. He only yeah. had 14 carries in this game. No, I really I agree. A chance to uh to run one in, and he's not really the kind of running back he trusts to catch the out of the backfield. So if you're playing him in a PPR league, I would tell you to be very careful. I mean, we're definitely getting to that point in the fantasy season and the NFL season where uh, playoff pictures are starting to formulate. Some teams are already, you know, I don't want to say they're tanking, but you can start to write them off. Um, And the mysteries have already been revealed. You know, most of these teams, we know what they're about. We know who their playmakers are. Unless an injury comes up, it's not really a surprise anymore. And also for fantasy players, I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there where your season's already done, you're sticking a fork in it, and you're just riding out the last couple of games. We get it. Uh, it's so fun to kind of shake things up if you're playing someone who's got a who's got either a perfect season on the line or is kind of teetering on that. Will they make the playoffs or not? You mean like your perfect season last year when you ran the table and won the entire league? I don't want to dwell on the past. <laughs> that was that was a good time. I remember a couple of games I played against you last year where I was like, I don't care. I'm going to throw together my team in week 14 and try to beat this guy. <laughs> it still didn't work, but I tried. That, man. I think that was probably 
probably made me more stressed than actually trying to make the playoffs was trying to stay perfect because it was so much tweaking and so much kind of hesitance. Like, I would make a lineup the night before, and then that morning I would kind of sit up and look at it and go, are you really sure about this guy? You really think he's going to be able to crack a touchdown against his defense? It was just too much second-guessing. I have so, no I idea what you're talking about. It was stressful. <laughs> I uh, I I can sympathize with you. I've I have not been in a perfect season, but I've certainly been there stressing about my lineup the morning of. I can tell you that. <laughs> it just made everything that I usually deal with in fantasy football just <laughs> amplified like by three or four times. Where it's just like it doesn't matter. You're in the playoffs. Relax. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, hey man, sometimes that's perfection. Perfection is a heavy weight to lift. It's painful. All right, you want to move on. Yeah, what do we got next? Sunday night football. Kansas City Chiefs win a dramatic game against the Denver Broncos in overtime in the closing seconds when Cairo Santos's game-winning field goal clanked off the left upright and went through the goalposts to to be good. I can't I can't believe that shit. I was watching. I was like, what? Um, yeah. This was a serious serious game between two hugely awesome divisional rivals. Um, aside from me falling asleep because it was late at night on Sunday night, sometimes I doze off on the couch. Um, tell me some of the takeaways that you had from this game, Shaka. I mean, I, I would feel like this is almost like a championship game. This is, yeah. It was just so insane that just the heights. Yes. One, I, I'm pretty sure I, I had uh, Denver as my pick for this one. Oh, well, I Kansas also City. picked Denver as well. Um, Kansas City apparently does not realize that they're playing one with a social quarterback, two, they're down in their wide receiver, and they really they really had no business being in this game in terms of all. Uh, but Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, man. Absolutely. Three touchdowns. out of the fire in every opportunity. Yes, he um, did. I'll, I'll, I'll give some credit, though, to Justin Houston on the defense. Mm-hmm. Justin the Houston game. and Von Miller, both of them put on a show. There was a lot of defense in this game. Kruger. He was Freddy Krueger to, uh, to our boy. Uh, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon had so much trouble kind of, one, keeping a beat on him, but I think after a while he just kind of had to respect that once he dropped back, he had to look and just know where Houston was on the on the line. It was, it was, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. This was some serious defensive outputs by two de- great, great, great defensive teams. Uh, and I think, I want to say Justin Houston and Von Miller both had three sacks. Um, in some ways, these two teams are like mirror images of each other. These staunt, staunt defenses that are, uh, you know, kind of cobbled together offenses where you've got these dink and dunk, um, you know, uh, quarterbacks who are just kind of conservatively moving the ball up the field and both teams, you know, they're not the greatest of run games. However, with all that dink and dunk offense, Trevor Simeon, started to air the ball out in the fourth quarter, and he had some really impressive passes that kind of put them on the board. Um, I'm still sort of unclear whether or not Trevor Simeon's like a good passer or not, you know? It's hard. It's hard to say. And, I mean, he's lucky. He's got Emmanuel Sanders to throw to. Mm-hmm. He's got Marius Thomas to throw to out there. And he's, he's so far this season, I'll say he, he's done a pretty good job of keeping both of them you know, active and keeping the ball evenly distributed between the two. Um, and it's been just enough, just enough to kind of keep Denver, you know, on top. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, you're, you're, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I, I'm not sure. I still don't really know conclusively 
if he's gonna be, you know, uh, uh, a Pro Bowler. Like he's not. Yeah. I don't know if he's a superstar. He like, might just be a competent he, he hasn't been able like, to do it consistently. Dirtback. There's no consistency yet. Like he does this once yeah. every four weeks. It's. it's, it's I'm, I'm thinking of like, uh, is it Doug Johnson? I'm, I'm just trying to think of quarterbacks who just who are just enough. They did just enough to keep their teams competitive. I, I mean, Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith. Yeah, exactly. And, and just letting the defense kind of take care of the rest. You, you don't turn the football over. You try not to. And, you know, you keep the offense moving down the field. So it's – I think we're going to probably be talking about this again next year with Simeon before we kind of conclusively say, yes, he's good, yes, he's not, or he's just – he's average. Um, are we – this – you know, I, I kind of want to you – know, Travis Kelsey looked good too. Travis Kelsey looked great. From, from a fantasy perspective, he's really been clicking for the Chiefs. Um, about damn time. I kind of want to. I just want to ask you, like, point blank, like, which one of these teams is better? You know what I'm saying? Like, are the Chiefs better than the Broncos, or the Broncos better than the Chiefs? I think at the end of the day, I still got to put my money on the Broncos. Yeah. As a whole, I think they really, they really lost the notch in the belt when C.J. Anderson went down mm-hmm. because their running game was really one of the strengths they could play to. Especially if they scored and they were up on you, they could really kind of pound you in the submission and take a lot of time off of the clock. Mm-hmm. But now they're, you know, um, Devontae Booker really hasn't been the answer. No. And they've kind of had no choice but to, especially in third downs, actually throw the football. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they keep the chains moving, and it's it's exposed them a little bit. They they, they kind of have to play in these matchups. You think about when they played the Oakland Raiders, they've really got to show up, and they've got to, you know, they've got to compete. They've got to throw the football. Yeah. They can't hide behind the fact that Simeon it might be so-so. And, and and I think and, that game plan worked earlier in the season, but with Anderson gone now, you know that's much more burden on Simeon's shoulders. And so I, I mean, again, I still have to say Denver slightly has the edge in terms of you know who's a better team because at the end of the day, Alex Smith he does not have the arm that Simeon does. Simeon no. definitely has the ability to throw the ball downfield. He's yeah. done a, a couple of times. He 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 knows Simeon understands the importance of when you throw it downfield to throw it, you know, to the outside edge. Mm-hmm. But at least if your receiver can't get it, no one else can. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that much in terms of credit. His, his biggest question is more throwing it down the middle of the field. He's been, uh, he's had some times where he's had passes deflected or he's just kind of let the ball sail a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, Alex Smith doesn't have that kind of arm, and he definitely doesn't have that the, that caliber wide receiver that's real to. Yeah. Even though Hill is such a big playmaker. A lot of the Chiefs offense comes from screen passes and running the football. Do you think Do you think Tyreek Hill is a is a fantasy starter for a championship team? Like is he somebody worth picking up right now? I would I realistically can't argue against it. I would say he's a great flex play because he can hurt you in so many ways. Mm-hmm. He's already had a couple um special team touchdowns this year and if you just look I, I think if you're really on the fence about whether or not he can make a difference, just look at some of his um kick returns or just him running in the open field. He's so fast, and he he comes at defenders so fast that you have a split second to make a decision, and by the time you've made up your mind, he's already passed you. He's, he's just good. He's, he's just so fast. Um, I, I It's impossible for me to look and say no pass on him, and especially with the, the way that Chiefs are right now. They have no choice but to kind of factor him in on the offense, and it's been working out for them. He's beat the Broncos. Yeah. With Tyreek Hill as a premier receiver for them. So, yeah, I would say... He's legit. Okay. Okay. Um, this was a hell of a game. I can't wait to see the uh, – I can't wait. To, I would love it if these two teams uh, faced off in the playoffs. 
That would be amazing. That would be really amazing. Uh, anything else about this game? You want to move on? Um, I think that's it, my man. Carolina Panthers lose a close one to the Oakland Raiders in Oakland. The Oakland Raiders are now 9-2. and two. I can't even believe I just said that. This is their best record, I think. Well, Since they went to the Super Bowl. Season. Their, yeah, 2002. I was a freshman in college. Dude, they, they oh, have God. been dog shit ever since. It's crazy. I, I, I mean, I just had to think about that. Freshman year in college. Yeah. That was that was uh, Rich Gannon, the Rich Gannon. Oh year. yes, Rich Gannon <laughs> and Jerry Rice. Oh my gosh! Um, but you know what, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, man. Dislocated his dislocated his throwing um, finger. Still mm-hmm. comes back in. So and, uh, so so I know that you were you've you've slowly become a Derek Carr believer. Give me your impression right now of Derek Carr. Uh. I have to sit down. I don't want to say he's a top five quarterback because I have to sit down and kind of go over the the profile. Is he an MVP candidate? I legitimately, obviously, legitimately, at the end of the day, and it goes back to what I said earlier, the Oakland Raiders defense is super fucking questionable. It's bad. I mean, listen, it's, I watched I watched a lot of I that game. I love Khalil Mack, but... I mean, besides that, there's just not much going on. I mean, I watched a lot of that game. The Panthers scored 25 unanswered points. And God only knows if there was any other situations with any other quarterback besides the car, uh, that game is a loss. They lose that game. Yeah. And there's more than one situation this season where Derek Carr has been the person who's pulled their asses out of the fire because the defense is just basically they've gone under. They just they get overwhelmed and they can't handle it. And so it has to be some late game rally, or Carr has to throw some, you know, almost an Aaron Rodgers esque, just thread the needle uh, to Michael Crabtree, or you know, just to just to keep them in the game. So there's no way I I, I not say that he's an an MVP candidate, top five quarterback in the NFL. Probably he has to be. I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head, and it's just hard to look at the stat sheet and not put him up there. No, I I hear you. It's I I. Because it's hard to sort of say, well, is he better than Tom Brady? Is he better than Russell Wilson? Is he better than Aaron Rodgers? Is he better than Drew Brees? Like, like we could, guys, yeah, we could reel off multiple names that we all feel are better than this guy. But the truth is, he's playing like a maniac right now. This team is nine and two, and I mean, if they play their cards right, they might have home field advantage in the playoffs. Oh my god! Yeah, I just said that again. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying these things. Um, but I think the biggest thing to take away, you said it, is that their defense is still questionable. Khalil Mack is amazing, but he is not that entire defense. They've had some serious problems in the secondary. You know, Reggie Nelson was an offseason pickup from the Bengals. I don't really think he's panned out all that well. Sean Smith in the secondary, he's also had some issues. Like, they can get burned, and I mean... The Panthers were burning them. This is this is a Panthers yeah. team that's not known for their aerial attack. I was sitting here. I had Kelvin Benjamin on one of my fantasy teams, and I was really sitting there going, "Ah, great, he's dropping a donut on me." And then I look up in the fourth quarter. Cam Cam Newton throws a forty-four yard touchdown strike to him. It was a beautiful throw, but at the same time, the defender. I don't think the defender realized that they were both in the same state. Yeah, it, it, it was terrible. He, he let that go by. He let that sail right by him. And, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, is that something that's going to happen in a playoff game? It's entirely possible. I, if you look, I have to go back and look at some of the scores, but I know they had a close one with the Chiefs. 
and closer with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. All their games really, and this one of the things that's kind of kept them in our mouths is just buzzword-wise because everything's been so close. But they've always managed I mean, to much of, a lot of their wins have been close. If you remember week one, they beat the New Orleans Saints by like a point. And I think they yeah. went for it at the goal line. I think they went for two yes, right. at the end it of the game huge. to win it. Yeah, they, and we, we were all praising. Um, Jack Del Rio's. We were we, we gutsy. It was a gutsy fucking call. But at the same time, we're kind of factoring, hey, it's the Raiders being gutsy. And now we're looking back and they're 9-2. And, two, and it's, you know, it's been kind of the tail of the teeth this season yeah. is just these these never give up moments where and, they fight back and they come through. And I think we're seeing that if the coaching staff at the very least understands that the strong part of that team is the offense and if they want to put the ball in anyone's hands, they want it in Derek Carr and the offense. They don't want to be doing a defensive stand at the goal line. They want to have no they want to be <laughs> kneeling it down or kicking a field goal as time expires and I think they know that and they're listen, it's a good coaching staff. They're playing to their strengths. Yeah, exactly. Go with your strengths because at the end of the day, you you want to rely on having, let's say you got to face off with, you know, a Tom Brady or someone of that caliber, you know, have them march downfield on you in a playoff game. No, no. way. No, you want to have no them. Way. You want to have them off the field when the clock ticks zero. Yeah, there's no way. So I mean, the defense either, God, something either got to change moving forward where they really kind of become more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna have to turn to Derek Carr again and again and again. And yeah. nine and two is amazing, but can you carry that all the way to a championship? Yeah. I, I I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid to, to say convincing. Hey, it's gonna take a lot. Uh, the last thing I'll ask before I leave is Seth Roberts, this possession receiver for the Raiders. He's been a pretty nice red zone target. Any thoughts on him as a fantasy option for a for a team going to the playoffs? I like Seth Roberts. He's had some nice moments this season. Good, good big football player. player. Maybe not a good fantasy player. It, it's again. It's, he doesn't seem to be like a premier part of their offense. But I think when he's in, he's kind of uh, just that surprise out. They're, they're throwing to him, so it's he. I I'd say stay away from him. Okay. Just okay. Because uh, you know, again, the Raiders kind of rely on these close games. He to come back, so he might be the guy one week. You know, you might be looking at Jalen Rashard another week. Mm-hmm, as a mm-hmm. guy who kind of comes up with a big play. So it's 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 a high risk, high reward, but more likely um, just a risky call. Okay, okay. Uh, anything else about this game? You want to move on? Um, Panthers still the suck. Their offensive line is terrible. Jonathan Stewart's been more than serviceable. Yes, he has. I, I've been very surprised. I've been pleasantly surprised. Dude, w- wish I had started him on one of my teams. I'll tell you that. Every week, I think he's going to disappoint, and, uh, you know, he, he manages to do it. They, the Panthers still run the football, apparently. Yeah, that's about the only thing they do well. But, yeah, that's it. Uh, next up, the Seattle Seahawks lose a clunker to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My first take on this was, holy shit, I was not expecting Tampa Bay to look awesome. What a dud of a game for the Seahawks, but, yes, that defense. Dude, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay came in with an amazing game plan, man. I don't know. What it was, I, it just everything that the Seahawks tried fizzled out. Yep, yep. I uh, mean, they could not, looked, could not move the ball. Happened. They could not move the ball, and I tell you that. Whereas the Eagles couldn't take advantage of their shitty offensive line, the Buccaneers did. Man, Gerald McCoy, that front seven, they were really harassing that offensive line, and Russell Wilson, 
You know, he can pull lots of rabbits out of his ass, but not this week, man. I think we, everyone's kind of known objectively that the Seahawks offensive line has got a lot of holes mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson's had to scramble to kind of get away from it. Mm-hmm. And he's, for the last two years, he's made the most of it. But someone finally came up with a defensive scheme that said, no, we're not going to settle for this shit. And they really let him have it. They, re- they got to him, I think, I'm going to have to look this up. But they got to him at least three or four times during the game where he just, he was coming and he just got hit on the blind side because they just, they were coming through on all fronts. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking, he got sacked six times. Oof. I mean, six that pass, and done. dude, Jameis Winston never got sacked. Jameis Winston, and let's also talk about this. So I watched a lot of this game too. The, the, the first quarter, all of the scoring was pretty much in the first quarter of the game. And... Yeah. Right away, the first two possessions was where the Buccaneers scored all of their points. And Jameis Winston went after the Seattle secondary. He went after Richard Sherman. He went after Earl Thomas. Like, he was throwing right into their coverage. And Mike Evans, god damn, that guy is a... He is huge! Yeah, he, it's really kind of strange to look at him until you see him line up against certain defenders like Richard Sherman. The one, his arms are ridiculously long. He's already a big guy. He's like 6'4". He's just—he's almost like an alien out there who plays football. And yeah. He's and he's athletic too. And on top of all that, he's not just big; he's athletic. And he, man, he torched Richard Sherman a couple times. Out yes, there. he did. No, no question, he torched him. Like he was—he was beasting him. Sometimes, dude, he was beasting him in this game. I mean, so physical, and you know, just to see the Buccaneers going after the Seattle defense like that in the first quarter, and then. Once they had that lead, Doug Martin. Doug Martin ran all over the place. That was another thing I loved about the Tampa Bay game plan was they kept Russell Wilson off the field. Yeah, I think um, finally, because really Tampa has not had Doug Martin for most of the season. He's yeah. been up. I think he's been out for at least six or seven games. Yes. I think it was the first game where he's finally been like, like normally healthy. I think probably last game he, they kind of eased him back in. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. got his usual 20-plus carries in this game. Didn't get a touchdown, didn't get 100 yards, but this is um this is the Tampa Bay team we saw last year with, like, you know, Mike Evans, super solid, mm-hmm. Doug mm-hmm. Martin, super solid, and he's got some weapons on this team. Now, okay, is this, I'm thinking this is more of a statement game about the Buccaneers. The, the Buccaneers really impressed me in this game, and now I'm sitting here saying they're 6-5, and five, this is a dangerous team. I mean, they had a couple of brilliant interceptions on Russell yeah. Wilson. I mean, this team looked like the better team. And I just, you know, I know Seattle has issues going into Tampa Bay, flying cross country like that sometimes, you know, not every single week. But I mean, it was just so shocking how much Tampa Bay dominated in this game. Uh, do you think this tells us more about Tampa Bay or more about Seattle? Um, I'm probably going to say a little bit more about Seattle, just because um, at the end of the day, they're, they're kind of thin at some positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Baldwin, again, when Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson are on the same page, they're electric. But in this game, Doug Baldwin had seven catches for 34 yards. Yeah. And really, they, the Tampa just did not let him get a chance to get deep, and it really stymied everything. They didn't have enough time with the pass rush to kind of let those deep, you know, deep long throws that uh, Russell Wilson likes to get out to Baldwin yeah. develop. And that offensive line, man, if other teams could look at the tape and 
really key in on this is all you have to do is just disrupt Russell Wilson long enough and they don't have the talent they don't have the depth at wide receiver to to make up for that Seattle is, is they're beatable no yeah. question you know which is why I think they were so desperate to have Thomas Rawls back but even then it yeah. really just was not enough they're yeah. really thin on offense yeah, I started to think about uh, Bill Simmons mentioned on his podcast about how they were missing C.J. Proceis because Thomas Rawls doesn't really catch out of the backfield. That's not his thing. No. And C.J. Proceis does. He lit it up a few games, and again, it was because, you know, that offensive line is so thin, it doesn't matter. You get the, the running back to just screen block for a second, and then he's open. They, you uh, know, teams, were, teams were blitzing so often before that Wilson just had to kind of endure the uh, three seconds before he could just dunk it off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you don't um, have that in the backfield, you, you really see him missing it. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, Christine, I'm sure they're wishing they had kept Christine uh, Michael Dude. because he could he could catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So Thomas Rawls going to have to learn how to, to catch the ball soon and in a hurry because they need it. They need it desperately. This was it's a hell of a game. This was a hell of a game. I'm still stunned by the score. It's just... Yeah, I, I thought for sure. I thought for sure Seattle would at least get a touchdown up there. Um, anything else about this game? Do we need to move on? I unfortunately don't really have any new fantasy picks. If you're no. looking for a tight end, Cameron Brake's still solid. Yeah, he, he he you know he'll give you a solid PPR um, score with a chance of potentially scoring a touchdown, but but you know it. See, seeing him disappear in this game, you know, he didn't disappear, but I mean, just, I was hoping for some more production. That that kind of, you, you know. know. I, I'm actually, I'm looking at him in the, um, in the waiver wire this week, just because I, I feel like his, he's, he's overdue for one. Mike Evans obviously just swallows up the sun out there in Tampa, but Cameron Brayton's past due for a, a, a good game or two. Dude, it's, he's due, baby, he's due. Um, you want to do the next game on the docket? We got Thursday night football, or well, Thursday night football. Really, I should say early Thanksgiving football before Turkey. Minnesota Vikings lose a close one to the Detroit Lions. Holy fucking shit, Sam Bradford's awful. I watched a little bit of this game, and I really couldn't watch it just because it was awful I, to watch. Minnesota, Minnesota is not a fun team to watch play. They're, no, they're, they're not. They're and a friggin' mess. Detroit's a little bit more fun, but they're still not as much fun either. Um, I would say Minnesota. They played a, a better game than I think they've played in the last couple of weeks. Their offense looked a little bit better. You know, both teams looked pretty close. But the truth is, man, the Vikings kind of had this game until the end. Do you you know what happened at the end of that game, man? I mean, yeah, that was, it was a little. I, I, I caught up on it afterwards. But. It was terrible. I mean, it was like, what is the only thing you shouldn't do right now is throw an interception or turn the ball over. And not only did Sam Bradford throw an interception, but he did it in his own territory with like a minute left. It I'm, was a gimme. And I'm pretty sure that, well, obviously we knew he wasn't the man, but it, 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 I think at that point you could kind of officially label the Sam Bradford experiment dude, in Minnesota as kind of done it was terrible man it was terrible this i i really i was expecting more of an output from the lions i thought they were going to kind of go in there and you know sort of stick it to the vikings but dude the vikings kind of controlled the game from you know they're not a bad team that offense is just so atrocious they cannot overcome how bad sam bradford and that offensive line are and then you get a you get dude he bortled it 
he bortled it. He straight bortled that motherfucker, man. It was ultimately their game to lose, and sure enough, that's exactly what they did. That's they exactly what away. they did. They, they gave away the chance. I just, you know, with a game like that, the Vikings, they, they deserve to lose. It was just inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. And there wasn't anything new about the game. Yeah. You know, their running game was... You know, they, they ran the ball. They definitely ran the ball better. I thought that was... You saw more Jarek McKinnon. I think, you know, he's back now. He's healthier. You saw Asiata got into the end zone. Like, if you watch this game, it really felt like it was the Vikings dominating. But, you know, they, they shot themselves in the foot. It was, it was really weird just because, as far as it goes, Bradford throwing the football. It's 31 for 37. Yeah. He wasn't all that bad. And Stefan Diggs was a late scratch, so yep. I think they kind of had a little bit of the oomph knocked out of them. But still, they just really could not get anything. And the Lions' defense is not that great. No, they you figured they'd kind of get something on the board, get something going. But Bradford, uh, he's not he's not that guy. No, no, it's you know what? Can't wait for Teddy Bridgewater to be back. And they're saying Adrian Peterson might come back before the season's over. I don't even know yeah, if it's worth I'm it, dude. Saying that. I don't even know why you. Dude, Peterson's not even going to be on the roster next year. Let's be real. It's just, I don't really know why you do, but I'm assuming that that's probably the reason why you bring him back. Is just, what's the harm? What do you have to lose by playing him? Yeah, and I mean, he's he's an animal. He wants to come back and play. He wants to prove everybody definitely. he's still got it. So, you know. I'm, I'm sure he definitely he's playing for his next contract as well. Yeah, yeah, because he's due something like $20 million next year, and there's no way the Vikings are going to be paying a running back in his 30s $20 million. That's amazing. Um, I you know, I, is there anything else to say about this game? I, I <laughs> um, any other takeaway? Really, I wouldn't tell you such anything fantasy wise. No, away. I mean, I still feel the same way about all the Vikings playmakers. You know, Kyle Rudolph was decent. Uh, he yeah. looked better than he had in, we- in recent weeks. I'm still not really advocating an Adam Thielen pickup. I just there's nothing new about these teams. We're getting to that part of the season. No, he had a, he's had a couple of solid games, but that's really it. Yeah. Next up on the docket, Los Angeles Rams lose in the Mercedes Superdome against the New Orleans Saints, who put up 49 points on this brilliant Rams defense. Um, Shaka, give me some first takes about this game. Well, I was kind of surprised that I was hoping that Drew Brees accounted for five touchdowns on the Rams. Drew Brees is my fantasy starting quarterback. I love the man. I said it last week. He's got in the Superdome. I'm really surprised that he just absolutely shredded them. I yeah. thought he was going to put up a couple points. I thought they would get 20, 25 points. I, I was man, I was expecting more from the Rams' defense than this. My God. And then I went home, and I was reading a Deathstroke article, and it totally knocked me on the forehead. Of course, Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Mm-hmm. And if anyone knows, he used to be the defensive coordinator for the Saints back when they had the whole bounty scandal. And and they did win a Super Bowl. It's true. I think a lot of people kind of forget that that Saints defense is pretty solid. They weren't, you know, shut down defense. But no, but Jonathan Vilma, play. those cats, they, they listen, yeah, they were they good play. enough to win a Super Bowl. But I think there's some bad blood between these two guys. Yeah. Because, uh, I, 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 I gathered that after the fact as well. Touchdown pass when the score was well, when the game was pretty much well and away and over. Willie Sneed, Willie Sneed's throwing touchdown passes on trick plays. Oh my god! So they were they were really sticking it to him. I felt, dude. I mean, offensively, they could not be stopped. 
I mean, it was just I'm, Michael Thomas, 100 yards and two touchdowns. Come on, man. He's the number one receiver on that team now, I think. I think he's kind of stolen the spotlight away from Brandon Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, where the hell was he? I I didn't even play him in fantasy. I sat him. I, I knew it just wasn't going to be for some reason. I, I, I Michael Thomas is in every game. You, there's no question. You play him every week. Yeah, it's but, it's um, gotten to that Brandon point. Brandon Cooks now. Brandon Cooks has kind of shrunk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, Todd Gurley is is a non-factor. Mark Ingram, though, man, no concussion, and he put on a fucking show. It's been weird because I've been more nervous now about Mark playing Mark Ingram than I was at the beginning of the season just because Hightower's gotten so much more usage than he ever did. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the competition has made Mark Ingram play better. He's had his biggest runs since Hightower's gotten more usage. He's had some just monster runs. He's actually catching the ball out of backfield now for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he's he's played his best football in the last few weeks now. I mean, something's working there. I definitely benched him in one of my leagues, and I regr- and I lost that game because of it. I can tell you that right now. Uh, I've had that happen before. It's not a good feeling. Oh, it's, uh, it just stings. I uh, this. But uh, hey, who knew? I honestly, I I played Ingram because I really did not have a better second second option, and it's one of those questionable things. You play Ingram against the Rams, where he doesn't get a hundred yards usually at all you know any given week it's it, you play the matchup but yeah it, it's something man they they really just wanted to run the score up this week i uh i don't know if the saints are going to make the playoffs but i tell you every single game before they get before the end of this season it's going to be an offensive uh showcase because drew Brees is gonna be fun to watch. he's looking 10 years young man this is this is this is better than he played last season you know last season you you felt a little bit of like the dip in his performance but Dude, he is back, and Drew Brees, man, ageless. That's amazing. It's amazing. He, he he looks like he's got another five years in the tank right now. I, I'm not complaining. He's 30, was he 37? I, I, at he's, least. He's 36, 37, and he's playing like he's, you know, in his in his late 20s. It's, it's fun to watch, and I'm, I'm looking forward to them kind of shaking things up. 37 years old. Amazing. 37, and he'll be 38 next year. I don't think anyone, obviously, no one ever projected this kind of career arc for him being one of like the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, especially after the Dolphins thought he wasn't going to recover from that rotator cuff injury. God, God, man. No, oh, no, we don't think you're that good. Let's sign Dante Culpepper. I can't. Rem- I, I remember that. What a what a crazy turn of events. But you know what? It worked. It worked out for him. So. Oh, it worked out real well. Um, anything else about this game to take away? I. Uh... Uh, I mean, Kenny Britt had a touchdown. He's Kenny Britt is consistent. Kenny Britt is consistent. And Jared Goff. Jared Goff threw he three touchdowns. Good. He started to look good. I mean, it, it was against a Saints D, but Jared Goff started to look like he could be a better option than Case Keenum. I, uh, I hope he gets uh, a little bit of a, a better... I, not Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin still getting... I feel like they have to play him just to kind of justify his contract. Dude, I can't believe they gave him that money this season. Yeah, it, it's mind-boggling. I, I don't know what the idea... Maybe they just need to get another offensive coordinator. Because Dude, something. Because that's inexcusable. The creativity, the creativity is just not there. But Jared Goff looks, looks good. I'm, I'm waiting to see what it looks like. You know what? The Rams are not in contention. They've got nothing to lose. You, oh, just fire off all the guns, man. Go for some gutsy plays. Throw the ball deep. Just to see what you have. See if you Kenny Britt can catch the ball deep. Um, Brian Quick can catch the ball deep. Just go for it. You have nothing to lose at this point, and your defense is pretty solid. 
play like you want to, you know, play like you're playing for a goddamn championship every week. Hey, hey, Jeff Fisher, play like your job is on the line. He's a terrible coach. Because it probably is. He's he's, he's been well-centered, he's respected, but I don't think he's... Hey, thank you for I got no I, I I do not feel very positively about Jeff Fisher as a coach. What's crazy is that I'm hearing reports coming out that the front office is supporting him and want to keep him. I mean, come on. They're fucking lunatics, but come that's you, just me. I would keep Greg Williams for the defense, but you can do better. Dude, I completely agree. Anything else about this game you want to move on? Ah, All right, finally, Thanksgiving Thursday night football. Pittsburgh Steelers blow out Scott Tolzien and the Indianapolis Colts. Um Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown for three touchdowns. Is there anything else to say about this game? Antonio Brown, just just the epitome of a good, well you know well trained NFL wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I just that one touchdown catch in the in the uh, in the back of the end zone, man. Like God. how do you as a defender? Amazing. You just you just have to kind of just just chalk it up. You had no chance. Just just go home. Just go home. You know. Have dinner, take a shower, and tomorrow's another day. Because he's just that good. He is. He um, is money in the bank, dude. It's. I, 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 aside from you got Antonio Brown, you got Levy and Bell, you got Ben Roethlisberger. There's nobody else to really kind of write home about at all. I mean, Ladarius Green is looking a little better, but I mean that's that's all you need to say. Those guys can kill you. I mean, they killed yeah. this Colts team. I I don't even know what else to say about this Colts team. Like, I mean. Frank Gore disappeared. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton did the best he could, but I mean, you take Andrew Luck away from this team, and all of a sudden they're a shell of themselves. You really see what they are, and it, it also kind of raises uh, Andrew Luck's value and just how much changes the team's uh, you know outlook. Because they, they, you know, they released five hundred, but it, God. It, we said this at the beginning of the year, man. We said that they're they're a bad team, yeah. and Andrew Luck is just surrounded by pretty crappy weapons. He yeah. really needs kind of a, a complete overall, with the exception of like a Hilton or a set or Moncrief. Yeah, you know? I mean he's and got you know he's got his T.Y. Hilton. Better. He's he's got Frank Gore. I don't know how many more seasons Frank Gore has left in him, but the rest of that team is just a friggin' dumpster fire. Yeah, pretty much. So I. I is luck coming back next week actually? I question. my opinion because I have this is I my opinion of the concussion protocol is that typically players usually miss a week. So I have a feeling luck will be back for Monday night football against the, the Jets. Jets. They're playing the Jets next week. Monday night football so, against the New York Jets, baby. Obviously, I was hoping that Tolzien would be playing again because, you know, I, Well, that would work out very well for your Jets. One can only hope, but I doubt it. I'm pretty sure we're going to get Andrew Luck and all his throwing glory. I'd uh, yeah. I I think you I think that that just might be the Christmas treat for your Jets on Monday Night Football. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I got nothing left to say about this game. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this game either. I'm ready to move on. Um, Arizona Cardinals lose to the Atlanta Falcons by is the, am I correct? Is this a 20 point loss? No, excuse me, a 19-point uh, loss. Um, they're in free fall. Man. Yeah, Arizona is bad, man. Total free it's, fall. It's basically at this point, it's just, um, it, one, it's absolute shit. It's the David Johnson show. It should mm-hmm. be. But I, 
I mean, I feel like they gave David Johnson as much of the ball as they could. He had 100 yards receiving. He ran the ball 58 yards. I mean, they... Well, that's what the end of the day is because Carson Palmer, he, they have no confidence in him throwing the football. He's 25 for 45. Yeah. For 289 yards. He had to throw the ball 45 times to get to 289 yards. I don't know what... Either the wide receivers are just not as good as advertised. Obviously, you can't say that about Larry Fitzgerald. No. I, I have Larry Fitzgerald had a one-handed catch in this game, which was amazing. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. Michael Floyd, J.J. Nelson, John Brown, these are guys they've been kind of pumping up there saying, like, these guys, you know, super talented. And there's been flashes of, of glory and brilliance. But at this point, I'm writing Michael Floyd off entirely. They yeah. just bench him. Yeah. Bench him entirely. He's not good. He disappears. He's got a lot of potential, but he obviously is not playing up to it. Mm-hmm. J.J. Mm-hmm. Nelson should get more looks. John Brown was great last year, and that was only for maybe four or five games. Yeah. still give him two. They, I mean, we've been waiting for him to come on all season. It's just, dude, and you can not You can only wait so long. It's it, Yeah. And speaking of dumpster fires, the wide receiver core, and Larry Fitzgerald, how long is he going to play? Dude. How much longer are we going to be able to watch him? do what he does. He's not the number one anymore, and he shouldn't be. No. He's a great possession receiver, and he's a great guy to look to in the red zone, a la like a Michael Crabtree. Mm-hmm. But, so they, they have a lot of problems, and I don't know, one, if it's if it's a Carson Palmer's, Carson Palmer's fault, and he just doesn't have a good, um, you know, doesn't have a good relationship, doesn't have a good timing with his receivers, or if the receivers just aren't what the Cardinals expect them to be. Uh, I think it's I think it's a little bit of a combination of everything. I, could, I think Carson Palmer is falling off. I think his arm is falling off his shoulder. I think he's starting to look like the Oakland Raiders Carson Palmer, as we've talked about. Um, I think they've got a few injuries on the offensive line, which is not helping their cause. And I think you I think the wide receivers are not producing without uh, with the exception of Larry Fitzgerald. These wide receivers are not they are not up to snuff, man. Michael Floyd, this is supposed to be. I believe Michael Floyd is in a contract year. Like this is an opportunity to break out, man, and it's not happening. He's gonna, someone's gonna get him at a discount, and it's gonna be even worse if he turns out being like a solid wide receiver next year because you could have broke the bank, dude. It's right now, it's awful, and you know what? He's not gonna be. I I don't think Arizona's gonna give him that money. I think they're gonna let him walk. I would. I would completely either go back to the draft or I would go out and see what free agency can bring you because Floyd is one, he drops many passes, he doesn't run, run like great routes, and I mean, just completely under, under you know, exceeding expectations. Just terrible. Terrible. This Cardinals team, so bad, so fast. I just terrible to look at I this. I feel bad. I feel bad just because that def- they've got some amazing defensive players. They've got, you know, Tyron Matthew and Patrick. These guys are good. Yeah, Patrick Peterson's one of the best corners in the league, if not the best, arguably. You know, you put him on a defender or you put him on a receiver. Julio Jones. Julio Jones had a nightmare of a yeah. trying to get open on this guy. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, there there were parts of this of this uh, Cardinals defense that was pretty effective. You know, let's talk real quick about the Falcons here. So, you know, Julio Jones was fairly quiet, you know, and it wasn't for lack of trying. Matt Ryan was trying to get him the ball. I yeah. mean, there was even that beautiful, it was like Julio Jones sort of bobbled the ball and it turned into an interception. Like, it was... There were some yeah. good plays by this Cardinals defense. It's just this offense cannot get anything going. 
not capitalizing on anything. I no. will say this. The one thing the Falcons have learned in the last few weeks is how to really use Taylor Gabriel. Yes. We Okay, because Taylor man, Gabriel. Is this guy a fantasy pickup? Because, God damn it, he is hot right now. We've been talking forever about getting a, a second guy out there to kind of compliment Julia Jones because... Otherwise, he's going to have A.J. Jones syndrome where he's the only guy you key in on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and I think Muhammad, part of us thought it was going to be Mohamed Sanu, but I, Mohamed really Sanu's hasn't. in there, but Gabriel is the guy who's taken the top off the defense. And holy crap, Taylor Gabriel has just been... I, the, this is 0-60 to 60 on him. I, I, I blinked, and I did not know he was that fast. Dude. I think he was, he was a deep threat. You could throw it to him deep, but, man, watch him catch a screen pass. That screen and, pass where he ran it in for the touchdown? Woo! The one where he shipped the defenders out of their boots, oh. I, I was stunned. I was, probably, I, I laughed a little bit just because, and man, he left them out of their shoes. It was beautiful. I mean, um, but yeah, I think they, they, they have a, they already have a good system in place where they have Kevin Coleman run on these screen passes, and they just swapped out one guy for another. And I, I think Taylor Gabriel probably fits it a little better. He's just faster. He, he really gets that, that whole thing downfield. So it's not even a loss. No, I mean, he is the sneaky find on this offense. Like, you know, getting him, having him come into his own, having Tevin Coleman back, I mean, this now the, now the Falcons are figuring this out and they're realizing how they can really make teams pay because this Cardinals team keyed in on Julio Jones and everybody else killed them. It's not even as if they needed another offensive weapon, but lo and behold, here they have it. So, um... I think the Falcons moving forward, if they can keep this thing going, they're going to be fucking scary to watch. Yes, and uh, but first they got to make it out of that division because as we just talked about, the Buccaneers are kind of dangerous. Like I don't really know yeah. who the, like Falcons Buccaneers right now. I'm not really sure. I want to say Falcons, but Buccaneers are creeping. It's kind of a scary thought. So you're, you've got a great point there when you when you put it like that. It's a scary thought though, just to think about where we were three or four weeks into the season where we would have laughed at the idea that the Falcons and the Buccaneers were on the same level. Yeah. And and now they're they're one game, I believe the Buccaneers are one game behind the Falcons. What where have we come so far this season, man? I love football. It's it's, it's great. It's great. It really makes you think cuz I and no one looked like they were going to beat the Falcons three or four weeks and now and do whatever he wanted to. Yeah, he was he was the he was the early MVP candidate. I, I, I still, to his credit, I still think he's got a legitimate stake on it, but he, he's got a lot of competition right now. Uh, last thing I'll say before we leave, Terry, Taylor Gabriel, former Cleveland Brown. Oh, man, there was there was one moment. I think that was the Atlanta Falcons um, Twitter page or something. They they trolled. They, they trolled. Uh, they trolled the Cleveland Browns. They, they had, um, I, I also credit to Deadspin for this. There's a moment where they said Taylor Gabriel was drafted originally by the Cleveland Browns. And then they actually tagged him and said, thank you, Cleveland. Dude. In the, uh, in the thank you. Yo, man, after, after everything game, Cleveland has brutal. done, they deserve that shit. That was brutal. I, I just thought that was brutal. Uncalled for. Unnecessary for an 0-12 team. True, but you know what? They, they've brought this on themselves. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to look to. I'm going to point at my finger at the owner on this one. And uh, continually ongoing mismanagement. They're going to have a lot more disgruntled receivers playing on other teams before long. 
Um, I uh, I just hope they don't get rid of Hugh Jackson. He deserves another season. Oh man, we we can talk about him. That that game this week was. Oh, rough. it's it's okay. We're 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 gonna get there. It's it's towards the end of the it's towards the end of the slate of games, but we'll get there. Um, next up, let's talk about another. Anything else about the Cardinals Falcons? Um, no, I got nothing for you. Uh, AFC North divisional matchup: Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Baltimore Ravens, a close one, but still the Ravens look like they were in control of this game. Uh, give me some takeaways from this game, Shaka. Starting the crack, starting show. Uh, Cincinnati, they they've got nothing left, man. They're, nope. They're they're almost nope. like a fighter with one arm tied behind their back. Yeah. You know they got bad knees. It's they're really, really. It was kind of a question at the start of the season was that was AJ Green going to be enough? And now you don't have AJ Green. Now you don't have um, Giovanni Bernard. Mm-hmm. You, you, the defense was just okay, but. Now it's what do you, what do you got left? They they're, they're really gonna have to kind of go back to the drum board when the season's over. Tyler Boyd's a nice little pickup, yeah, but it's not enough. And I don't know if I can advocate Rex Burkhead as a fantasy starter. I mean, listen, he's getting he's getting the volume right now, but this the Bengals it's it's just terrible. They've just completely fallen apart. Everyone's hurt. the The defense has really been very disappointing this season. And, you know, this is, listen, I wasn't really expecting them to pull out a win against this Ravens team, but, you know, the Ravens team, the Ravens are vulnerable. You know, they don't have a yeah. particularly good offense either. This Ravens team, Justin Tucker kicked three 50-yard field goals in this game. Monster. There was some monster kicks, too. Somebody go out and buy that man a beer. Seriously. Um, yeah, but the, you're absolutely right. The Baltimore Ravens aren't... They're not a scary, intimidating team. They got a pretty good defense. They got pretty good but, defense. About the only thing to be excited about, their offense is ugh. Yeah, it does not instill fear in me in any way. But yeah, and still, they had a hold in this game, where it's just kind of daring you to score if you really could do it. I, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, Kenneth Dixon got a lot of work, but uh, I mean. I don't know it's if I'm. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm advocating the, because now we're really getting late into the season. You know, it's turned into much more of a committee between Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West. Like, I only right. sort of want to advocate a pickup if it's like a Rex Burkhead or, or like a Jer- well, I mean, Jeremy Hill's still splitting carries with him, but you know, if there was something where very clearly a number one running back was now officially like. The third string guy is now the starter. I'd say go pick him up. That's a good team. It's a good matchup. But I mean, none of these guys really instill any confidence in me. I don't feel positive about any of them. You know, and That's the fair. I will. I will make this one point. I did did have a situation like this last year, where I picked up a guy who was a, he was the backup, and at times he was the third string running back, and ended up being the starter by the end of the year. Same circumstance, but it was on a better team. It was the Arizona Cardinals last year, mm-hmm. and it was David Johnson. Oh, he was available and pretty much the waiver wise for most of the year, and he'd been talked up and talked up in fantasy, but hadn't really produced until he had that one game last year. I remember who it was against, but he came out and just knocked everybody's socks off. I'm not saying Kenneth Dixon's going to be that guy this year, but I have a feeling at one point before the season's over, Baltimore's going to give him the chance to start. Mm-hmm. And they like him. It looks like they're trying to give him, from just like the few, I've watched a little bit of their games with him. They're trying to give him almost a Ray Rice persona in terms of 
running the football and also catching out of the yeah. backfield equally. Yeah, which I don't, like, think, I don't think Terrence West was able to do that. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the build for it. He um, Kevin Dixon's built more like a Ray Rice, and I think they're giving him a trial run. I, I feel like by the end of the year we're going to see one at least one or two games where he gets to start, mm-hmm. and they're really going to just kind of just you know take the top down in this convertible and see where it goes. Okay, okay. So d- d- certainly worth. I think it's worth a stash if he's still on the waiver wire because, you know what, listen, maybe something like that happens. Maybe they give him the start and he ends up having a, a great game against, you know, a, a poor opponent. And, listen, it might be a meaningless Week 16 game or week, six, week 17 game, but that could also be a Super Bowl championship for your fantasy team. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I think I'm putting the waiver wire into Dixon just to, just to have as a stash. I don't really have any any idea of if and when he's even going to play, but it's just, it can't hurt. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Uh, last couple of thoughts I'll give you about this game. Tyler Eifert looked great. Um, Tyler Boyd was definitely in the mix. Uh, Steve Smith came back down to earth, sadly. Um, wish he had a little bit more production, but, you know, I I don't think it's a surprise that this Ravens offense is not exactly explosive and exciting. Um, yeah. Anything else about this game, or, or can we move on? You want to move on? Mike Wallace has been a little bit, a little bit disappointing. He, but, uh, you know, from from a PPR he's standpoint, he tends to be pretty consistent. But I mean, he's a boomer bust guy. Yeah, he's still a keeper to me, but it, it's been a little bit, been a little bit dry lately. Yeah, I I kind of was hoping for Brashad Perriman. He had a touchdown in this game, but he has not been as big a producer as I thought he'd be this season. Mike Wallace no. is certainly Mike Wallace and Steve Smith are really the guys who are who are getting the most volume in that passing game. Yeah, it's 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 um it's a weird. They have a pretty pretty solid core receivers, but I, I just don't know. Flacco Flacco's interception prone. A little interception prone for me. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you want to move on? Who we got next? San Diego Chargers beating the Houston Texans twenty-one thirteen. Houston Texans suck. <laughs> um, hey. or really? Um, let, let's actually let's be more clear. Brock Osweiler sucks. It's terrible. He's three interceptions, zero touchdowns. And we can give some of the credit to the San Diego defense. We yes. Can give it to the pressure that they San Diego him. defense looked great. Joey Bosa, there was one, there was one or two moments where you just the guy just he's, he's given his life on the field. Yeah, he much. really is. He's throwing himself on a sword every time he goes out on the field. Mm-hmm. Like he's got something to prove, but. And just overall, the San Diego defense, I like them. They have uh, one cast off on the Jets on the secondary, which makes me laugh. But at the same time, he's having a pretty good season on Dwight Lowry. Yeah, I noticed he's that. Had a, he's, got a, he's had a couple of good games, had a couple of big interceptions. But they've put together this just this ragtag group of defenders, mm-hmm. and it's working out, man. It's working out it's real really, well. It, it's, 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 it's amazing. I'm, I can't even be upset. I mean, Speaking it's a ragtag. The wide receiver core, dude. Dontrell Inman and Tyrell Williams. I, I mean, where the hell was Tyrell Williams before this season? I mean, this guy is now—he's the number one. I know Inman had a bigger day, but Inman had six catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. Tyrell Williams had eight catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. But Tyrell Williams had 14 targets. Like he is getting the volume in this passing game. This should have happened way, way back when. Uh, Keenan Allen basically was out for the season, and everyone 
pretty much assumed Kyle William was going to be the fill-in for Keenan Allen, and he really didn't show up for, like, the first four weeks. He mm-hmm. had one big game, I think, and then he would disappear for two. Yep. Yeah, and then whenever they played the Denver Broncos, he kind of disappeared as well. Which you're playing the Broncos, so it it was it was frustrating. I think he fell off of everyone's fantasy radar just because. But he's been back in the last few weeks, and he's been he's been showing up, and he's been pretty solid. Dontrell Inman, same same kind of arc where he wasn't expected to do much, but he had a couple of monster games where Mm -hmm. people went, "Whoa, who is Mm -hmm. this guy?" And then he would you know go back to being Clark Kent instead of Superman. I mean, I. It's been rough. I feel very strong. I mean, I, I, I like Inman, but I think that Tyrell Williams is definitely the guy to have over Inman. If you're in a PPR league, absolutely, just because, one, he's going to get the targets and the catches. Um, Dontrell Inman's is super high risk, super high reward. Yes. Kind of guy. And, yeah, if you're going to go with one, you got to go with Tyrell Williams. Um, we got to talk a little bit about the Houston Texans here. This is really... This is terrible, dude. This is really, really bad. Um, DeAndre Hopkins' value has been completely sapped. I, I mean, I I can't trust them to do anything. I, I still think Lamar Miller is good, but I think that, you know, it's amazing how in football you can really track things back all the way to one person, and I think it all goes back to Brock Osweiler. The worse he plays the more it infects everyone else. I'm not saying they're playing poorly, but just when the defense knows that that the quarterback is the weakest link, they can squeeze and suffocate every other part of the offense, and you're seeing that with DeAndre Hopkins. You're seeing that with Lamar Miller. I mean, the only thing worth worth having on this offense is C.J. Fedorowicz. I mean, Will Fuller had a good game, but I can't, I can't trust he's going to have a good game every week. C.J. Fedorowicz, the check down guy, is the only guy I trust. It's been so disappointing, uh, especially looking at it from Lamar Miller. Uh, I I was really expecting him to have a stud season, and lo and behold, just playing behind a quarterback who only averages about 10 yards a pass. Oh, God. It's just really sapped. It's sapped all the momentum out of uh, this team. You don't expect them to have any kind of yardage. And obviously, who would if you're not really getting the ball down when you have a Two monster receivers. It's 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 been crazy to watch. It's been actually it's demoralizing, and I still sometimes look and I put Lamar Miller on the bench every so often just because I, I know they're gonna be playing from behind or yeah. I assume it, and there's just no point. There's no point in playing them. It's terrible. It's just a terrible situation, and. I mean, we we should have an entire podcast just about Brock Osweiler and discussing <laughs> what the hell Houston's going to do with him. I mean, what do you do? I, I, well, you're you're seventy two million dollars in the hole already. You're stuck, dude. You got You've got to at least season. ride this guy out for another season, at the very least. You you can't even trade him. How much guarantee was it? Thirty thirty eight million, thirty nine million guaranteed. I gotta look it up. They I have to play him. I kind of feel like him. I like I don't even want to like look up the amount of money he got guaranteed. It was something crazy. Here, I'm, I'm looking at get, uh, 37 million guaranteed. Oh, my God. Dear hey, Lord. Yeah. You have no choice but to ride this one out. You might as well take that How money. Many guys they let pass, pass through town, and they wouldn't give deals. Dude. And you run out and you snatch them up from the Broncos. Dude, you might as well take that money and set it on fire. Pretty much. Well, don't tell Brock about that. He's, he's paid for a few houses with it. <laughs> he's, he's investing he's in real estate he, at this point. 
he's set up for life. Uh, do you anything else about this game? You want to move on? Um, there was a Hunter Henry sighting, but I yeah, Hunter Henry had a touchdown, and and Antonio Gates had no catches. None. Sort of. I mean, it's sort of. It's always been a little tricky trying to figure out which tight end to have because for for a quarter of the season it was Hunter Henry, for a quarter of the season it was Antonio Gates. I I don't know, man. It's feast or famine with the wide receivers in uh, San Diego. It all depends on what the game the game plan is for the week. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, next up on the docket, Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, New York. Uh, the Bills, you know, I like the Bills. I think they've got a pretty good defense. They've got, you know, great pass rush, and they've got amazing playmakers. Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy is pretty much the bulk of their offense, and those guys are dangerous. I like them. That's all they need. Um, LaShawn McCoy dude. had the best the best move, the best single move oh, God. from this past week. That one That, one that like, 75-yard touchdown where he just deeped and was gone? There wasn't he, – he should have been tackled. The, the, whoever – got burned on that should be cut immediately and just put on the practice squad or something because they got fucking shook out of their shoes on that move uh LaShawn McCoy is another guy like Ezekiel Elliott who's fun to watch mm-hmm. running the football and yeah um really that's all they have Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy and it seems to be all they really need yeah to be a competent offense it works I mean, it's amazing, and and you know, Mike Gillisley was hurt; he didn't play. I mean, you had Lashawn McCoy get most of the touches. Tyrod Taylor didn't even throw the ball that much, but when he did, hey, Sammy Watkins is back. Look at that! Yeah, amazingly, he um, he looked pretty I good. I'll say Jacksonville did a, probably the one of the better jobs I've seen this season of trying to contain Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, he didn't get to he didn't get to do a lot of his um his breakdown you know, roll out and kind of get to hit the open man, especially with Sammy Watkins back. It should have been easier. Yeah. But the defense did a good job of kind of harassing him, kind of just what happened to Russell Wilson this week, and just keep him down and keep him from throwing the football deep. So LaShawn McCoy really bailed him out in that one-two punch. And, dude, you know, this Jacksonville team, it's just a shame because they really are better than their record looks. They're 2-9, and nine, but this defense, you know, they're pretty good. They just... They make, you know, well, I said it before, when you're a team like that, you make mistakes is what sort of mars you and what kind of is the, what is the symbol of your team. They make too many mistakes. There's too many blown plays. There's too many bad coverages, broken tackles. I mean, that first, uh, I think one of the first touchdowns or, you know, one of these third down conversions I saw from either McCoy or Tyrod Taylor was, you know, they had the edge contained, but it was just sort of like, I think it was Jalen Ramsey and someone else. They both covered the same edge and they bumped into each other and the guy was gone. It was just mistakes, 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 mistakes. Blake Bortles, this time, I don't know if he Bortled it that much. He only threw 126 passing yards. You know, yeah. Allen Robinson was... Usually, he, he's, he's the king of garbage time, you know. But dude, th- this, their defense is good. The Bills' defense is, is a little bit... You know, we can't can't sleep on that defense. I, I like them. You know, I just... Sure. I think this Bills team is a little bit uh, a little bit better than people give them credit for. And, um, you know... It, They're a very good 6-5. and five. Yeah, Exactly. 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 And I'm going to do it right now. This I don't know if this is the last time I'm going to do it, but I got to talk about LaShawn McCoy being so amazing and looking awesome. 
Why the fuck is Michonne McCoy not on the goddamn Philadelphia Eagles anymore, for Christ's sakes? I wanted to, I didn't want to troll you, but I wanted to point out, just imagining how different a quarterback Carson Wentz would be with a Michonne oh McCoy in the backfield. God, if Macklin was still on the team. Head, but you did it already. Dude. McCoy was in that backfield. If Macklin was still on that team, come on, man. They would have beat the fucking shit out of those Packers. I didn't want to play to see, but it looks like that had already been done. That's okay. Now, I, I encourage that behavior, Shaka. Hey, I mean, just looking forward. It's okay. Of all the teams, I think the Eagles probably have their draft needs, or at least their draft board. <sighs> arranged quicker than anyone else oh my god just just we are still still just paying for the sins of chip kelly man it might take it might take a while to, to wash that clean oh it's it's gonna take a long while until we get a legitimate running back who's not ryan matthews and until we get a legitimate you know wide receiver who's not nelson Aguilar. <laughs> dude we're st- we're, yeah. g- we're gonna be eating shit until that day comes um, in the, who, who do we have? Next up is, Wait. speaking of Chip Kelly, let's talk about the 49ers and the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins are on a six-game winning streak. They're 7-4, and four, and what the fuck? I can't believe that. I Don't even don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stunned. How dare you? I'm, I'm in shock. I'm in shock that the Miami Dolphins are this fucking good. Ryan Tannehill has been playing competent football. Dude, and I'm still, if, if I'm going to give credit to anyone for Ryan Tannehill playing competent football, it's Adam Gase. That guy is a great offensive mind, and I was not buying into this idea that he could turn around Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill's turned around, but he's been looking pretty good. He's been looking a lot better than I can name a good long list of quarterbacks that have not stuck around. I mean, Jesus, the guy threw three touchdowns. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe he threw three. T- I was. This is like, is this maybe the first time all season he's thrown three touchdowns? No, I think he's done it at least once. He's done it one other time this season. He had a couple games where he's thrown over 300 yards. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's just, it, he flies under the radar when it happens, I think. Um, I, I think part of it, to credit Adam Gacy, is he, he sticks to his plans. He said he wanted to get J.H.I., Lots of carries in games, and he's been always giving him around the, the 20 carries per game uh, usage. And Ken Hill gets it's a pretty balanced offense in terms of uh, pass throw. So it really comes down at the end of the day to whether or not they can get, you know, Jarvis Landry involved. Mm-hmm. They can hope to God get Devontae Parker involved, mm-hmm. and he's still, you know, involved. So it's. It's moving along. The fucking seven and four. I'm yeah. still. I'm. I'm having trouble kind of getting past that hiccup. Yeah, I'm. I'm in shock that the Dolphins are seven and four. I feel the same way when I when I say that the New York Giants are eight and three. Like it's like what, what? Yeah, that it, makes absolutely no. Like, is the sky it's red? Has snuck up on you. Has hell frozen over? I, I don't know. Um, you know, Jay Ajaye. I will say. Listen. He, he, he's coming back down to earth. He's clearly still the number one and the guy to have, and I think he's a pretty good fantasy producer, but he's yeah. starting to look a little bit more mortal. Those 200-yard games are, you know, I don't. they're a little bit more anomalous now. That's that's what I'm kind of seeing. It's a fair assessment. I'll say he, I'd still call him, he's not a stud, but I still, I put him in every weekend he's produced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've never been in one of those moods where I'm like, I got to bench this guy. Now, He's always giving me something. We got to talk about Colin Kaepernick. 
Yes. Colin Kaepernick is, I mean, he has come on and he's come on strong. Not only did he throw for three touchdowns and almost 300 yards, but he was a 100-yard rusher. Not to mention the fact he nearly won the game at the end of the game if it wasn't for Indomitian Sue stopping him at the goal line. The last four weeks have probably Colin Kaepernick in terms of fantasy points, but I think Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers are probably the three best choices you have at the quarterback position. Colin Kaepernick is on a terrible team, Mm -hmm. and... That being said, he still made them relevant. Yeah. They've been competitive with him at quarterback. I think even against, he played the Patriots, and he had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so right. So he's, he, he's been making things happen. And you know what? I've actually had to give him a look just because I'm waiting for the Russell Wilson Do I, train for me to implode. I was going to say, I kind of think that, I think one of my teams, I've got Kaepernick on the team, and I think... I think that's my Russell Wilson team, and I think I've been starting Kaepernick over Wilson. Wow. Yeah. It, you know what? I mean, probably, Ka- I'm sure you're getting, if not equal, you're getting much better uh, production now. And Kaepernick's production has just been growing ever since he's taken over as the starter. And it, personally, this is more of an indictment of Chip Kelly because he had no fucking idea, or whether he did have a good idea that Colin Kaepernick was a better quarterback, he clearly didn't figure that out until halfway through the season. I mean,. Come on, man. I, I I mean, thinking about it and looking forward, they got the matchup with the Bears next week. It's not a bad choice. To no, no, Niners Bears, uh, the the attack of the attack of the zombie teams. Those two teams. Yeah. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, and we haven't even gotten to the Bears yet. Matt Barkley doesn't look too bad right now. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm actually a very very anti Matt Barkley. I do not <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> Did he uh, did he piss on your rug? What what happened? I just, I, just, I I think he's a terrible quarterback. I think he's I think he's um he's he's almost I think uh, compared to like guys in the NBDL, mm-hmm. and they're basically getting a start in the in the big leagues just because the team's got so many injuries. Yeah. So this guy who's playing point guard who has no fucking business playing point guard in mm-hmm. the NBA. Uh, oh, you're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers point guards. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I was confused there for a second. I, I thought you were talking about, like, you know, something imaginary. I'm glad you could see the parallels. But, yeah, it's just a guy. He's, he should not be in the big leagues right now, if at all, ever. Um, but, God, it, it's where we are. And it's, it just shows you the value, not just for the 49ers, but for the Bears, of having a good fucking backup. Dude, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's not something to be taken lightly. Now, any fresh fantasy takeaways from this game? Are there any Dolphins who you feel differently about? Um, are there uh, any Niners I'm, I'm you feel differently about? I'm afraid that we can go to Devontae Parker train because I'm afraid he's going to just derail again. Yeah, like maybe he's going to have um, a two-catch, 12-yard like game. I've been eyeballing the tight ends for the, um, the, the Dolphins, Deion Sims. Mm-hmm. He's 6'4", he's 270. He had a he's, touchdown in this game, and I think he's pretty much taken over the job from Jordan Cameron. He's kind of athletic, and yet Jordan Cameron wasn't doing shit, and I'm sure the, the Dolphins would like to have a little bit um, more offensive weapons in the wheelhouse. Yeah, now that so their I'd offense say, is clicking? Yeah, I'd say he's worth a, he's worth a shot, especially if you, were, if you were a Zach Miller guy who's now been out for the season. If you're not satisfied with a Dennis Pitta, you know, will get you points in the PPR league, but that's really about it. Um, Cameron Bray, 
uh, Austin Hooper. Like, those guys are really panning out for you. He might be worth giving a shot. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, anything else from this game? Do we need to move on? Um, just an observation. Carlos has a much better running back with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. Yes, I noticed that too. He, his production has gone up since better. Kaepernick's uh, been in starting. And he doesn't he even get like, close to 20 carries, but I mean, he just looks good. He looks. I think just the fact that Kaepernick can run on you forces teams and defenses to play a little bit more um, back. Mm-hmm. Not as up to blitz because Kaepernick, once that pocket collapses, he's looking to run, and he can run a lot. So yeah. it, it changes the way defenses look, and Carlos Hyde is taking advantage of it. Good to know. Good to know. Especially if you've got, especially I've got a Carlos Hyde on a team, and I've kind of been, I've been playing the matchups with him, and that's something you know. Listen, nice matchup against the Bears. It's definitely worth starting him. Absolutely, it's definitely that's definitely a possibility. It's a good look. All right, next up on the docket, New York Giants beat the Cleveland Browns twenty-seven thirteen. Um, my first take is that I started Rashad Jennings and he burned me in one of my fantasy leagues. Uh, do you have any takes on this game, Shaka? Um, I played the Giants defense and I'm very happy. <laughs> I, I, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul with the pick six. I, yeah, I, I, man, someone I heard someone yelling, uh, "Don't run with the paw hand." Which I thought was a terrible <laughs> thing to say, but it was just, I was just happy all the same that they they managed to uh, to capitalize on defense. Or well, uh, it's kind of underwhelming for for the most part, unless you had, um, you know, unless you're playing OBJ. Yeah, he but, was about. I mean, he did what he does all the time. You know, he is, dude. He is just so fucking good. Yeah, after the catch, man, he he has this this almost like almost like a, a spider sense mm-hmm. about where to go with the football. Um, I, I I I I don't like the attitude. But I love watching him play. He's he's just supernaturally gifted, and mm-hmm. he's fun to watch. I don't remember even knowing about him in college football. No, man. I I, I mean, he played at LSU, but I didn't remember any highlights of him at LSU. I mean, I kind of don't think he did the type of things he's been doing in the NFL, even at LSU. It's just um, the Giants. Giants got a, a steal in the sky. He's He's a stud for a long time to come, I feel. Dude, definitely. Um, something else to note, you just named it, is how there wasn't much, you know, offense aside from... The, this game had a lot of defense in it. You know, the, the score is a little deceptive for how close a game this was. The Cleveland yeah. Browns definitely... Listen, for an 0-12 team, God bless them, man. There are some players on that team who are definitely giving it their all every single game. They had a pretty good outing with this game. You know, Terrell Pryor had 131 receiving yards. He's still giving it his all. Josh McCown is, yep. you know, he's not good, but he's he's, he's trying every single week. Um, and, you know, Eli Manning, he threw for 194 yards and three touchdowns. Like, I think the big plays and then JPP with the touchdown at the end of the game decided all of it, but it really sort of masks how decent a job Cleveland did to really try to win this game. And they're just, they just have got, they make too many mistakes. And the Giants, you know, I said it earlier in this podcast, the Giants are 8-3, and three, and you can't argue with that. Look, uh, Cleveland just gutted that team. There's so many young guys on that squad. Yeah. It, oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, it is clear they are a, trying out hard, new blood. Yeah. It's a hard role for guys playing their first season. But, you know, hopefully they can kind of get 
some free agents mixed in there. And I, I, I don't want to say draft, but they, they're going to need a, a few, obviously, tools to kind of put things together. But it's one of those things that's really hard to get over a hump of fucking losing. Yeah. And, and, and being afraid of losing, you know, a full season and play the game, 16 games, and not winning a single one. And you kind of get uh, that feeling of, like, are we ever going to win one? Like, you almost kind of get yeah. this sense of, like, every game we're going to figure out a way to lose. God, I almost see a Disney movie coming out of this when they get that one win at the, la- at the end of the season or something where, you know, Hugh Jackson cries again, but this time <laughs> tears of joy. So Disney it's, presents it's, one win for tears. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to watch, man. I think, I think also collectively, I think people emphasize with Cleveland for once instead of just saying the Wolf of Browns. They, I think people understand, one, the managerial situation, and two, just this is just a lot of young guys with not that much NFL experience who are fighting it out every week. Yeah. You know, they're not laying down and taking a beating. They're, they're really fighting. And, you know, your heart kind of goes out to them. Yeah, because you know that they're trying. You know that they want, they, they do want to win. They're not rolling over, but... I mean, the schedule is what it is. They've been playing some tough out. They've been playing some tough teams. They're not. They they are finally going on their bye week this week, which is much needed. Much needed bye week. They really need to regroup. And I think. I mean, the name of the game right now is to eke out one win. You got to. You got to get at least one win before yeah. this season's over. It's another team where I say, you know what? Just I don't say throw caution to win, but just. Fire all the guns. Give him everything you got. Uh, the last thing I will say is Corey Coleman. He had a touchdown in this game. Do you think he's worth uh, picking up for the rest of the season? I'm not sure. I like Josh McCown at quarterback just because uh, I think Cleveland's a little less hesitant about throwing the football. Obviously, uh, Terrell Pryor has been a big uh, benefactor from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good risk to go with. I would say in this regard, if you're going to pick up a Coleman, you got to look at who the matchup is going down the, the rest of the season and what kind of secondary she's going to be um, playing against. If it's, it's soft, you can expect Coleman to at least get some red zone looks. Um, otherwise, I'd say it's it's not worth the risk. You can probably find someone a little bit better in the waiver wire pickups. Okay. Okay. Let's see who the Browns have for the rest of the season. Bengals, Bills, Chargers, Steelers. Yeah, that doesn't... Oh, God. Oh, Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Oh, God. None of those games are gimmies. None of those are gimmies. Oh, dude. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, other than that, I dropped Isaiah for a while. Yeah, he's been bad, man. What's the point? They're playing from behind every game. Exactly. Um, Um, He had a decent day fantasy-wise, but... But Still. you can't count on him. You just can't. No, and he had a big fumble too, where he just he just coughed up the football. So it, it there's no point. You can find another running back in fantasy that can give you something. Uh, you ready to move on to the last the last game on the docket? Who we got, buddy? Tennessee Titans beat the Chicago Bears 27-21. Uh, um, yes. I think the big noticeable thing of this game is the fact that right after the game, the Titans cut Parrish Cox, uh, the cornerback they had, because. There were two possible game-winning touchdowns by the Bears where the Bears receivers straight up dropped an open pass. Yes. Uh, man, oh man, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure. I mean, do you want to talk about D-League players? This is D-League receivers, and it's re- and you saw why they are D-League receivers. 
I don't know how Chicago has no no other receiver besides. And I don't like Alshon Jeffrey. I think he jumps. He, too much of his game relies on him catching jump balls. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think and I think his play, I think his play was sort of amplified by having Brandon Marshall there. I think that's a fair. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He's just kind of the the complement to what a Brandon Marshall brought, and I think really that's what they um, ultimately the original Chicago um, managerial idea was to have these two guys who were so athletically gifted that one way or another they're going to have a mismatch on defense, and you're going to have to throw the football up and let him go after it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and now you got Alshon Jeffrey, who's obviously not as good, in my opinion, as Brandon Marshall was in his in his peak. Peak Brandon Marshall, he was unstoppable. Um, and now Alshon Jeffrey's gone, and it's literally, I can see a tumbleweed roll by on the field for the Bears. They don't have anyone that... Just even remotely I mean, scariest wide receiver. It was rough because there was a lot of nice plays, but just terrible. Dr- I mean, everybody, you got Matt Barkley throwing to Josh Bellamy, Deontay Thompson, Daniel Brown. I mean, Marques, Mark, Mark, Marquess, Marques Wilson, he, he had a big day. Now, this is a guy who I would say might be a sneaky pickup for your fantasy championship. You were talking about David Johnson. You're picking him up on the Cardinals at the end of last season. Marques Wilson could be that guy because he had eight catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. He might do this over the next couple of games. I mean, they're playing the Niners next week. Yeah, that's true. I've never heard of this guy. I had no idea who he was until he, this game. He did something, like last year he did this too, like towards the end of the season, the Bears sucked, there was nobody else on the team, and Marques Wilson, you know, got all of these looks. I just wondered, was this a factor? And I have to take it into account. Is it a factor just because... Maybe he has a more of a, a a kind of relationship with Matt Barkley than a Jake Cutler did. It could be. Uh, I mean, you I know, can also tell I, you that Matt Barkley threw the ball fifty four times. Yeah, which is uh, absolutely friggin' amazing to me. I didn't think they would ever let him throw the ball that much. I but mean, I, 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 they were playing from behind at the end. Like they definitely had to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the Titans to try to come back. Lo and behold. I, I would. I, I can't argue against it. I just don't know anything about these Chicago receivers. I had um, I had all my money on the Cameron Meredith, but he's been non-existent. Yeah, he. It seems like Cameron Meredith only worked when Brian Hoyer was throwing the ball. Yeah, his pulse is completely gone. He's not a factor on his team whatsoever. Uh, however, you want to talk about the Titans? Richard Matthews, man, continuing to keep it going, man. Touchdown in this he game. You called it. He's a touchdown machine. You call it, man. And uh, Delaney Walker still doing what he does. Derrick Henry gets in the end zone. I think, you know, you've been calling Derrick Henry as a handcuff for a while. Yeah, it's funny. Um, DeMarco Murray did not have a good game at all. Surprisingly bad yeah. game. And what would have should have been like a great, you know, fantasy matchup. He should have absolutely eaten these guys alive. He yeah. didn't do much. Yeah, I was a little surprised because he definitely got more touches than Derrick Henry. It was just, he, just did, he wasn't able to make as much out of it this time. No. He just couldn't. He couldn't break the big one, unfortunately. Uh, but speaking of running backs, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is the man for Chicago. Like, I, I, come next season, I feel confident saying Jordan Howard is the guy you need to have. It's it's funny just because he's not he's not a speed guy. He has a nice little bouncy outside. He's a bruiser though. He'll hit you. He's a, yeah, he's a straight up power runner. But he's just really made the most out of it. Um, and it's not something you see that often in the NFL anymore. 
every now and then you see like a Garrett Blunt type of guy, but just just to see um, the confidence Chicago has in him as a feature back, it's it's curious. It's just I'm I'm excited to see it. I don't know if they're going to be able to get him a little bit of a run block to the situation out there because you know he's really north to south. But um, Jordan Howard's been a, a pleasant surprise this year. I mean, I, I certainly think he's exciting to have. You got him, you know, again, they're playing the Niners next week. This is this is a tasty matchup for a lot of these Bears. And I'm saying, man, I don't know if I want to start Matt Barkley. I don't know if he's going to throw the ball that many times again. But Marcus Wilson, this guy, if, if, you're, if you're grabbing at straws... If you're looking for, you know, a nice pop-off opportunity, he could be one of the top performers next week. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Noted. Um, anything else about this game, Shaka? Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. That is the full Week 12 breakdown slate of games. It is time to jump into Week 13 to give our picks for Week 13 winners. Uh, and also to figure out which one is Shaka's game of the week, um, we will be coming into our last bu- our last bye week where the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans are the only teams on bye. I, I can't even. Be- I, I feel like they didn't always do it this way because I don't remember a team no. going on bye this late. No, it's it's, it's a little odd. To, I don't understand the uh, the reasoning for it, but but uh, we'll it's strange as it may seem. Uh, there are two more teams which will have a bye this week. Um, even as some fantasy teams go into their playoffs, I think. Uh, but we've got to pick winners. Let's go with Thursday Night Football. Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, that's going to be exciting. Shaka, Thursday night in Minnesota, who you got? All I can see in my head is just the Dallas Cowboys defense swarming. Swarming. They're fast. They're fast defense. Maybe they're not as good as some of the other NFL defenses. But they play hard and they're fast. And just looking at slow Sam Bradford back there, not having a chance. I I can't really say I see this exciting. I think I think it's going to be a beating. And I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to open up the motors. Just think about this in the same way New Orleans put a beating on on a on a good LA Rams defense. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to the same kind of extent, but I just don't see. Especially with Stephen Diggs in question health-wise, I don't see Sam Bradford being able to keep up offensively with this Cowboys offense. Um, I see this being a score of maybe, let's say, 21-7, 27-7, Cowboys all the way. Yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys as well. I, I have a little teensy, small part of me that thinks this could be the hiccup game for the Cowboys, where maybe the Vikings figure out a way to kind of get underneath the skin of of Dak Prescott and, and get him to make a few mistakes. But let's be clear here. There's a very small part of me that thinks that. The other 99% of me is like the Cowboys are going to annihilate this Vikings team. They're going to they're gonna rush the passer. They're going to make life a living hell for Sam Bradford. And Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Des Bryant are going to do exactly what they've done to every single other team this season. Cowboys all the way. Who we got next? Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Shaka, who you got? Whoa. Yeah. Um, We've got some good games this week, just saying. This this is indeed a good game. Um, man, I, I you know, I wrote off the Chiefs last week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is a tough call, man. I I see um I see Atlanta winning this, but it's not going to be an easy win. And just never ever can you you know discount any lead and um just scheming, having a good uh, scheme for defenses. We're obviously going to see Marcus Peters and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're playing him in fantasy, be prepared to be kind of either disappointed unless they figure out some kind of way to get Julio Jones away from him. Mm-hmm. He's going to shadow him all friggin' game. Mm-hmm. Um, might be a good pickup to grab uh, Gabriel for this one. He might be the X factor. Might be the only thing that kind of keeps Atlanta a step above them offensively. Mm-hmm. As for defense, there's no competition. Kansas City is a far superior defensive team. I, I'm just trying to imagine um, them really, really keeping Matt Ryan out of the end zone, and I just don't see it. Um, man, well, this is a good this is a good um, call. Yeah. Even uh, Kansas City, they can run the football on this team. Atlanta's mm-hmm. defense is soft. This is going to be a close one, but I, I'm... Uh, I'm going to go against the Chiefs again, which might be a mistake, but that's what my gut is telling me. Atlanta wins this one. That's okay. Dude, I'm with you as well. I'm picking the Falcons. I uh, I think this is going to be a hell of a game. I think the Chiefs' defense, Justin Houston, they're going to be rushing the passer. Marcus Peters is going to be all over Julio Jones, like you said. I think, But I think Matt Ryan in this offense, again, when they play at home, they can be very dangerous, and they can find ways to really pick you apart. I don't think they're going to pick apart the Chiefs like they did to the Arizona Cardinals, but I think they're going to find ways to move the ball, and I think when it comes right down to it, the Chiefs are going to struggle to get as many points on the board as Atlanta gets on the board. Like I think Atlanta's going to win by a field goal, but I'm picking the Falcons at home. Kansas City in another potentially game of the week. This that that might uh, listen. We might find we're gonna look down this slate, but that might be Shaka's game of the week already. Next up, Detroit Lions go on the road against the New Orleans Saints against Drew Brees in the Superdome. Shaka, who you got? Um, we're looking at two teams with kind of kind of a similar setup. You know, potent offenses, defenses are a little questionable. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, New Orleans is probably leaning towards the extremes more so on both ends. Offense is a little better. Defense is a little worse. Uh, Matt Ryan, sorry, I said Matt Ryan. Um, where Matt Stanford was probably having a little bit more trouble, I think, kind of getting in sync with his receivers than a Drew Brees is. And I just, New Orleans, just, I, I, I always kind of have just a, Maybe a bias. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just a big Drew Brees fan. Man. I think he can kind of pull out a victory in any situation. I agree. And I don't really see the Lions as being that big of a challenge to this offense. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. I, I would say, you know, don't be surprised if they really run the score upon each other. And they're playing in the dome again. Drew Brees has got in the dome. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to go to New Orleans and um, this. I'd say a touchdown, maybe two. Wow. Uh, difference. I, uh, I'm i agreeing with you. I'm picking the Saints as well. I, I think a lot of this Lions team this year, I kind of think they're going to win that, a- that NFC North division, but the Saints at home, you, you nailed it, dude. Drew Brees is God. And, I mean, after seeing what he did to the Rams, I just... 
I think we're in for more of it against the Lions. Like, you need a real defense. You need somebody like the Denver Broncos to come into New Orleans to slow down Drew Brees and that Saints offense. And, you know, defenses are not really going to be a factor in this game. I think it's going to be all Drew Brees all day. And even if it's not all Drew Brees, I think they're going to at least squeak out the win. Saints all the way. I say it does not hurt to play your... If you got Willie Sneed, you got Brandon Cooks. Obviously, Michael Thomas is an you know everyday play. Mm-hmm. But if you got him, you don't don't be afraid to to kind of to kind of take him out of the holster. Okay, okay. Uh, next up, Los Angeles Rams on the road against the New England Patriots in Gillette Stadium. Shaka, who you got? This is not even close. Uh, the Rams with a rookie quarterback going into Gillette. This is exactly what we're looking at with uh, playing uh, Bryce Petty mm-hmm. against the Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. It's not even going to be close. Just imagine the Pats are going to win this convincingly, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I really don't really have – there's not really much of a line to go on in this. I still think Jeff Fitch is a terrible coach, and he's going up against the greatest coach of all time. I, uh, I convincingly. I'm just trying to figure out who to give you in terms of the fantasy tips. No, it's it's uh, running the football. I, I know that the Patriots are stubborn, and they're probably still trying to run the football in the red zone. Blunt. That's a good Rams defense. But um, besides that, I tell you, stick to stick to um, Dan, not Danny Amendola. Uh, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. You stick to Edelman because he's a possession receiver, and they're gonna throw short. And Malcolm Mitchell, you know what? Might not be worth a shot in this one. He could be a tasty especially pickup if, against this Rams defense. Especially if Gronk is unhealthy and he's not coming back for the next game. I would say, um, which they probably won't, you know, they might not try to risk him. This Rams team hits pretty hard. And you don't want to re-injure him just trying to get him back in the rotation every week. They might sit him. Okay. Just let Mar- Martellus Bennett get the reps. Dude, I uh, I'm going Patriots all the way. I, I think they're gonna. I th- Bill Belichick is gonna scheme for Jared Goff, and they're gonna chew him up and spit him out. I don't care how bad this Patriots defense is. I think Goff is gonna find ways to move the ball, but it's not gonna matter, man. You know, no. I think Legarrette Blunt is gonna is gonna be a big part of this game because I think the Patriots are gonna try to keep the ball away from the Rams. Um, again, another great way to hide their bad defense, but. I mean, you said it, man. It's a rookie quarterback going into Gillette Stadium. This is all Patriots. Uh, Next up, Denver Broncos go on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shaka, who you got? Um, Well, obviously, if you got the Denver defense and you weren't convinced to play them this week, you better play them. Uh, Blake Bortles. He's going to Bortle it up? He's going to boil it up. He doesn't get the pressure too well. And I, just the Denver Broncos defense is just superb at creating pressure, creating those, you know, well, pressure cooker situations. Boyle is going to at least cough the ball up once or twice turnover-wise. At least one pick, at least one fumble minimum. Um, and who knows? You you might get a pick six out of it because he likes to throw those too. So um, <laughs> fantasy defenses, if you got the uh, Broncos, you absolutely play them. They, they're, you know... They're the big bonus this week. Definitely. That being said, um, they're gonna bottle it up, see, man. Yeah, they're gonna bottle it up. You might see Devontae Booker finally kind of take off. We'll probably have a good game this week. Uh, it's been very disappointing in fantasy, I know, for a lot of people. But uh, besides that, 
you're going to get your usual performance from Demarius Thomas. You're mm-hmm. going to get your usual performance from Manuel Sanders. Yep. And then the only big question on the other side is, uh, you know, are you going to get anything from Marquise Lee or anyone else? Or Allen Robinson. I don't think Allen Hearns Allen is going to play. I think Hearns got hurt when he when he scored the touchdown against the Bears. Yes. Yeah, so Hearns or, excuse is, me, whoever the hell they played this week. Next. So it's there's a lot of question marks on the offensive side for Jacksonville and none for Denver. So yeah. Denver all the way. Yeah, Denver. I totally agree. Denver's going to come in there and, and dominate in this game. It's it's going to be in sunny Florida. That's about the only thing that'll be sunny for Jacksonville's team this day. <laughs> uh, next up, Houston Texans go on the road against the Green Bay Packers in chilly Lambeau Field. Shaka, who you got? I don't want to put Brock Osweiler in this situation, but I have to. Just, you go to Lambeau where Aaron Rodgers is, you know, a legend, and you're a terrible quarterback. <laughs> uh, I don't really know how to put it. I know the swirling winds out there going to throw him off. I, I just, I just can't see him having a good game. No, uh, which is not like that was hard to do in the first place. But the handicap is all the way up on this one. Um, I expect to see, and I hope to see, a lot of Lamar Miller featured because the the plays they're running aren't doing a goddamn thing. They need to get some more screen passes going, which. Lamar Miller, you know, I think excels in. And mm-hmm. they just, I don't think they've really figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. But um, Which is strange when you think about it. It's really weird that they really do not run many pass plays to him. I, I they, Just take a look. Even Arizona runs into David Johnson. Oh, my God. You know, and and Carson Palmer's terrible. Brock Osweiler is even worse, and they don't do that. Yeah. So it's, it's just a lot of um, kind of just had some bring decisions in, in Texas. You know, I, I'm i so frustrated that we even have to talk about this. It's it's okay. Uh, Aaron, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to tear him apart. He's going to dissect that defense. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get some pressure. They're going to get some pressure on him for sure. It's not going to be a very high-scoring game, but I don't think this one's in question just because you're asking Brock Osweiler to keep up with Aaron Rodgers at home when he's – barely even connecting with his receivers right now. Yeah. Hopkins is Hopkins is probably looking for the next, you know, bus ticket out of town. Dude. At this point. Dude. So. Hopkins is probably hating life right now. Yeah, man. Green Bay all the way on this. Dude, I'm in total agreement. I think that even with all the problems Green Bay has had, this is going to be another much-needed win for them. Uh, you know, and I think you're right. I think Texas is going to, you know... The defense is going to cause some problems for Aaron Rodgers, but he's going to find a way to get points on the board, especially in Lambeau. And Brock Osweiler, again, is going to struggle to move the ball. Even with a poor Packers defense, he's still not going to be able to figure out a way to move the ball. And this is a Texans team which is 1-4 and four on the road, and I expect them they're going to be 1-5 and five after this game. Packers all the way, baby. Uh, next up, my Philadelphia Eagles... Go on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh huh. Shaka, who well, you got? This is the uh, this is the battle of the beat up teams. Uh yes. Where pretty much the only two guys who are still you know walking are the quarterbacks. Um, um yeah. At this point, they're gonna be at this point they're gonna be throwing to themselves to really make this a game. Um, I still Philadelphia defense is far and out. Superior, yeah. To uh, to, to Cincinnati. I, I agree with you there. 
your your issues with the secondary, Sam, I, I still see them having a little or no trouble with this because Andy Dalton really doesn't have anyone to throw to. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd is is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon LaFell has been a huge major disappointment. I, I think the only thing we're going to be probably talking about next week is how big of a game Tyler Eifert's going to have because he he is the number one receiver. He's he's um, Dalton's Th- favorite. Thank God for him there. right now. Now that A.J. Green is down, thank God Eifert's back. Yeah, so I, I think um, it's really going to be the Tyler Eifert show. But I don't think that's enough to keep up with um, with the Eagles. I It's going to be fascinating. Um, I don't really like Jordan Hill. And I think the, the I don't think the the Bengals really do that much either because they're splitting his carries with a with Rex you know, Burkhead. Yeah, with a no name, with a with an unknown. Which at this point, and I think Jordan Hill is the type of running back who can have a big um, a load. He can carry a big load. Oh, dude, just, he totally can. But I think the fact that he isn't, you you hit the nail on the head. They're losing confidence in him. And I, I just don't think they trust him. I expect him to fumble once, at least, against his Eagles defense. They're gonna, Ooh. they're gonna maul him. They're gonna maul him in the back, so they're gonna load up on him. So um, I see Philadelphia going in, and they stealing wow. uh, a victory from home. I am going to also pick the Eagles because, of course, it's very difficult for me to go against my Eagles. Um, and, you know, I've listen, I'm going to go back to th- this is definitely a game which could go either way. Both of these teams are sort of like injured animals. I've told you that before where it's like the injured animal. You don't want to go close to them because they could just snap at you and beat you, you know, cut you when you're, when you're not looking. Um, but I'm going to go back to what I said earlier in this podcast with how the Eagles defensive front seven – is able to it has trouble with quarterbacks who can roll out of the pocket. Yep. Andy Dalton is not really a guy who I see rolling out of the pocket. Like I think of the same way the New York Giants kind of created problems for Andy Dalton, where they kind of collapsed the pocket and they got to him, and he really can't figure out what to do once he kind of gets suffocated in that pocket. Um, Dallas Cowboys did the same thing to him. They sort of crunched that pocket, and then all of a sudden, he really doesn't have the ability to kind of roll out and improvise like you know, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And I think that I think the defense is going to find an opportunity to shine. And I think that at the same time, Carson Wentz isn't going to have the opportunity to pass the ball. I think the Eagles are probably going to need to run it a little bit more. But I, I think that you'll find this is a good matchup for the Eagles. And I think this is an opportunity for them to pull out a win. I'm picking the Eagles as well. Yeah, this is a win they really kind of need to, to pick up. It's one, you know... The stars are aligned for them on this one. This is a good opportunity to kind of take out a team that's really banged up. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Next up on the docket, Miami Dolphins go on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Shaka, who you got? This might be Uh, a Shaka's game of the week. This is interesting. You forgot to mention the 7-4 Miami Dolphins. Oh, I'm sorry. The Um, 7-4 Miami Dolphins trying to go on a 7-game win streak. This is a tough one to call, man. Um, I expect that Ravens defense to kind of, well, not kind of, they're definitely going to shake things up. Um, Jay Ajayi has not really had any of those monster games from earlier this season. But I'm kind of banking on them really leaning on him. They're going to need him to kind of temper the workload um, and really keep Ryan Tannehill paced against a really, you know, really aggressive Defense. Um, this is a tough one. I I just don't like Joe Flacco though. <laughs> I think I think Joe Flacco 
is probably going to be the reason that they lose this game. I think he's going to turn the ball over. Wow. The Miami defense is pretty solid. Wow. Um, I see them getting to him a couple times and um, forcing some fumbles, and it's going to create some opportunities for Miami to score. Wow. And then they're going to they're going to capitalize. So I'm going to give a slight edge. It's not going to be end all be all. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong on this call, but I'm I'm leaning Miami in this one. So I'm going to go with my gut. Miami. Wow. I actually, dude, I um, this is one of the toughest picks for me. I think this is a great matchup. I think these are two teams that are def- desperately fighting to get into the playoffs. Both of them have some, you know, positives to them. But, you know, man, I think my initial reaction would be Baltimore because I think they're they're pretty tough at home, and I think their defense is pretty nasty. But, you know, the more you're talking about it, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. This Miami team is sneaky good. And I think that they can find ways to to move the ball even against this Baltimore defense. And I think that you're right. I think that Joe Flacco is going to find a way to throw enough interceptions to hurt this Ravens team. Yeah, man, I am. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are kind of hot enough to upend this Ravens team. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on this one, Dolphins, man. It's it's a fun matchup just because it's it's so unpredictable. It, you know, it it really. Just... In terms of the team's strength and weaknesses, they're, they're, I wouldn't say they're balanced, but it really, it, it's really like Baltimore has a little bit better of a passing game, I'd say, just with the weapons they have. Steve Smith, Mike Williams, you know, Brashad Perriman, um, Kamar Aiken, they have a little bit more of, like, their wide receiver core I like a little bit better, slight mm-hmm. edge yeah. over the Dolphins. Run game-wise... Um, I don't think the Ravens know what the hell they're doing. No, they, they don't. don't really have any confidence in those guys. No. And there's going to be, they're going to have to run the football both ways. Dolphins, they got to run the football. The Ravens have to run the football to really control this game. And I, you know, I mean, otherwise, you're relying on the passing, which Flacco loses, I think. I mean, in a situation, I, I, I want to I give the favor to Adam Gase and everything he's doing with Miami. The only thing I'd tip to Baltimore is the fact that they're at home. It's a tough team at home yeah, with a good exactly. defense. Exactly. That's the. I think the only thing um, is maybe the crowd gives them an advantage, and just to see whether or not Tannehill gets, um, you know, intimidated or discouraged. Yeah, I but really. W- I, you know what? He's had a pretty solid season. He has been stellar, but you know what? He hasn't really. He hasn't really shit the bed this year. He hasn't turned the ball over too much. That's true. Um, he's kept his team in games, and I, that's really kind of what does it for me. He doesn't turn the ball over. And Flacco, pretty much, at least he's good for one or two per game. Yeah, that's that is very true, dude. Good call. Um, next up on the docket, San Francisco 49ers go on the road against the Chicago Bears in the Battle of Dumpster Fires. Shaka, <laughs> who you got? This one's just this one's just fun for the fantasy implications. I think this one's gonna. I don't want to say it's gonna be a score fest, but both of these teams score in the twenties. Guaranteed to get some fantasy points out of it. Um, play Kaepernick if you got him. I mean, his matchup is just so much more favorable. Even if he doesn't really throw a ton of touchdowns, he's going to run the football a ton. You know, he's going to get you at least one or two touchdowns. He's going to throw for it a lot just because he's usually playing from behind. Now, on the other side, Jesus Christ, Matt Barkley, I don't like this guy. Matt Barkley. Um, I didn't like him when he was at USC either. Um, just not an NFL quarterback and lo and behold, someone drafted him. Um, yeah, the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um, Chip Kelly. He's, you know what, though? He's managed to stick around, and he's starting in the NFL still. So here we are. Hey, hey kudos um, to him. <laughs> lo and behold, we are, we're, we're here, and uh, 
this is just I can't even recommend any defenses on this one either. Uh, the Chicago Bears defense is okay, but they gotta they yeah, gotta give up twice. Dude, you don't want to be starting the Chicago Bears defense. Just don't even. They're gonna there. give up. They're gonna they're gonna give up points to uh, Kaepernick for sure. Who are you picking this, though? This is a tough call. It's a real I, tough call. San Francisco's bad. God, God, God! This is probably the hardest call I've had all week. The dumbest surprise is the hardest call. Unbelievable. Um. This is going to go strictly because of quarterbacks. I got to go Kaepernick and the 49ers are going to get their second win of the season yep. just because Matt Barkley is terrible. And I think him throwing 45, 50 times last week was bullshit. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm... Jordan Howard is going to have a big game, but they're going to need to do more than run the football to beat the 49ers. Dude, I'm, I'm with you, man. This is absolutely not Shaka's game of the week, but I'm totally picking San Francisco because you nailed it. The, the skill position players are healthy. Kaepernick... Carlos Hyde, Jeremy Curley, you know, Torrey Smith, like the Niners have been chomping at the bit to beat somebody ever since Kaepernick's taken back uh, the starting job. And the Bears, they're depleted with injury. You know, aside from Jordan Howard, you said it. They got, you know, Marcus Wilson and and Josh Bellamy and and Matt Barkley. Dude, the Niners are gonna this isn't this is a golden opportunity for the Niners to get a second win of the season. I'm picking San Francisco. Yeah, what a game to not watch. Yeah, what? A... <laughs> uh, next up, Buffalo Bills go on the road against the Oakland Raiders. Shaka, who you got? As good as Buffalo's been playing, I just, I I, I, I can't go against Derek Carr. This is a nope. team that the, the Oakland should beat. You know, um, the Oakland defense is really going to have a test on its hands, and they're really going to have to come through. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are pretty much going to just determine whether or not um, Oakland shifts the bed. You got to you got to contain Lashawn McCoy. You got to contain Tyron Taylor. You can't you cannot let them tear you to shreds because then you're asking Derek Carr to do more and more and more every game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'd like to have a, a weekend off in terms of uh, all the pressure being on him and you his know, busted pinky. To... Yeah, just don't turn the football over this week, Derek. That's all we need you to do. Instead of, hey, can you go out and actually win this for us? Because we gave up three touchdowns. Yeah, um, I, dude, this is, so I'm, this is yeah, going to be, this is going to be a physical game, to say the least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oakland at home, um, I, I'm going to Oakland in a W, but um, don't be surprised because Buffalo has, has been surprisingly <laughs> hard to put down for anyone. And they, they come to play every week. They're going to score for sure. I, uh, so, uh, I'm with you, dude. I'm picking fun. the Raiders as well. I think they're really good, but you nailed it. This is gonna. This is not an easy out. This is going to be a hell of a slugfest. I think that the the Buffalo defense is going to cause problems for Oakland. They're not going to be able to move the ball as easily. We saw Kansas City do that against Oakland a, a few weeks ago, when I believe the Chiefs beat them 17 to 10. But you know, even with Buffalo's defense. Derek Carr and the Raiders. This offense is just so goddamn explosive. It's a much needed. W- it, I don't. It's not a much needed win, but this Raiders team is on a mission, and I don't know if the Bills have what they what it takes to fly across country and slow them down in their own house. I'm picking the Raiders. Yeah, they can't waste this opportunity. Next up, New York Giants go on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shaka, who you got? This is a this is a good this one. This is a damn good matchup. This it's a good is a damn one. good game, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sitting down and watching this one. Um, 
I wouldn't say evenly matched teams. The Giants have a better defense, but mm-hmm. they're also they're playing Pittsburgh in their hometown or home field. Uh, and Ben you never count out Ben Roethlisberger when you've got Levy and Bell healthy, mm-hmm. and you've got Antonio Brown, who still, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, this is two behind. two of the best wide receivers we're talking about right now yeah. in this game. So I, you can expect both these guys are going to show up to play um, and try to outdo each other. I think this one's going to go up there and play. I think this one's going to be in the 20s, maybe even higher. Not a shootout per se, but, you know, you got just so much talent on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, I got to go Pittsburgh at home with a slight edge. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, but Roethlisberger, you know, he comes, he shows up for big games. He comes to play. He's not going to take take a beating in his home uh, laying down. So I'm, I'm going to go Pittsburgh by a field goal. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. As, uh, wow, that's close. I actually, I'm going to give Pittsburgh a little bit more leeway. I think it's going to be more than that. It might be four points or even a full touchdown. I'm picking the Steelers because I don't believe this 8-3 and three record of the Giants. Um, you know, you nailed it. Roethlisberger coming up big in his hometown, or, or excuse me, in his home arena. Um, I think, you know, now that he's healthy again, that they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. You know, I, I as much as I like the Giants' defense, I don't think the Giants' defense is going to be able to work magic against Pittsburgh in their own house, and I think Pittsburgh is going to cause some trouble for them. Yeah, this 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 is Shaka's game of the week for me, but I'm going Steelers. This might be, yeah. This is a, I mean, look, healthy Steelers team is a super dangerous Steelers. Super team. dangerous team. I'm going. This is. I gotta go. I gotta give the benefit of the doubt to the Steelers on this. Uh, next up. Washington Redskins go on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Shaka, who you got? A lot of good games this week. Yeah. A lot of good games. Finally. Um, <laughs> I, I'm looking at this one, and I, I just don't like Carson Palmer at, at the quarterback right now. And this kind of ties into a lot of the comparison with Joe Flacco. It's really going to come down to a quarterback play and how, how often you put your team in a problem by turning the football over. Yeah. Um, and also, Kirk Cousins has been playing exceptionally well right now. I think he's, I think just how well he's played this season, I wouldn't say it's been downplayed, mm-hmm. um, but he it, it's it's not really getting as much um, credit as and, he probably and, should. And he played a little poorly the first couple of weeks, and I feel like initially everybody was like, oh, he's looking like shit, and we're forgetting the yeah, fact that he's put together exactly. a hell of a season. You give him the money and look what happened. Um, I, I think I think he's going to come out there and I think he's really going to surprise because uh, you've got Patrick Peterson. He's going to cover your one best guy, which mm-hmm. probably, they're probably going to cover Deshaun Jackson, but he's going to get burned. Mm-hmm. But besides that... Um, Jamison Crowder's going to have a field day. That Arizona secondary is beatable. It can be beaten. And you've got Jamison Crowder still. You've got Pierre Gasson. Um, I'm, I'm hoping you got a healthy Jordan Reed. You may not. Um, but you still have Vernon Davis. And Rob Kelly doesn't have to be your feature back. He He's pretty, you know, competent. He's passable. On the other side, uh, Carson Palmer, they're, they're going to go to David Johnson. Yeah. Early in Austin. Yeah. And Washington defense is going to have to do its best. Yeah. To kind of contain him, which is, you know, good luck. Because there have been tons of teams that have been trying to do it all season to no, you know, success. That being said, um... The what makes it really hard is just Arizona's at home, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals' defense is still good enough that 
they can give uh, Washington fits. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Dustin Hopkins is going to determine so no miss, no two missed field goals this week. I'm going to say, you know, probably six points, Washington over Arizona. Wow. Um, I'm going to agree. I'm going to pick Washington as well. I... I just, you know, you Arizona is at home, but I have so little faith in their ability to put together good drives and put enough points on the board. You know, I think this will be a shootout, and I think the Redskins are going to put more points on the board than, than Arizona. I mean, that's the long and the short of it. The Redskins have just, you know, they've got fewer flaws on their team than Arizona does, and Carson Palmer in that passing game just looks so darn bad. Josh Norman versus Lance Fitzgerald. Yeah, dude, that's, come on, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. He'll figure out a way. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on the road against the San Diego Chargers. Shaka, who you got? I'm going to say this is going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be high scoring. But I just like that San Diego defense um, kind of being just a tilt. It's a slight tilt. Um, again, there's going to be... It's going to be a shootout, but I think San Diego's going to get key stops. Um, man, yeah, this is going to be, wow. This is going to be a lot of scoring in this game, I think. I uh, uh, are you picking? Are you I, picking the Chargers? I'm picking the Chargers. I'm just I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm looking at the fantasy outlook here. Doug Barton, you definitely want to play him. Yes. Um, obviously Mike Evans. Yes. Given. Uh, Tyrell Kevin Williams, Brady, who I have on the fantasy team, I'm probably going to play him this weekend. Just because uh, he's got a good chance of scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a lot going on here that you know it's favorable. I would say probably be careful. With, obviously, Dontrell Edmond, Tyrell Williams, I'd say give him a go. But you know you got to respect Chris Conti on that Tampa Bay defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a, a couple of the guys they have in that defense that play really well, really hard. Phil Rivers also has a tendency to throw picks, so it's it's going to be close. But I still say San Diego at home. This is a tricky one for me. I'm I'm really struggling, especially because I think so highly of the Buccaneers after they really just embarrassed Seattle. Um, right. But you nailed it, man. They're going across the country. San Diego is a dangerous team. This looks like a perfect opportunity for the Buccaneers to slip up. I'm going with the Chargers. I think they can put up enough points on this Buccaneers team that it, it, if it goes shootout, San Diego is going to outshoot them. I got to pick San Diego. I wouldn't be surprised if we, I'm like obviously it's not going to be a stutter if we're wrong. Just more credit on Tampa Bay's part because they're they're a pretty good team. Yeah, and and but, listen, they're they're trying to get into the playoff race. Like this is a big win for them, whereas San Diego yeah. might already be out. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, it's, it, this is going to be that's going to be a fun game. There's a lot of fun games this weekend. Yeah. Sunday night football, Carolina Panthers go on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. A little revenge game from last year's playoffs. Shaka, who you got? Yeah. Uh, Cam's going to be playing for pride here. Um, unfortunately, he's going to be doing it in Seattle. And if you don't think uh, Seattle's thinking about that loss last week to Tampa Bay, you got another thing coming. <laughs> you got another thing it's coming. Just, it's just too bad that Carolina defense is so damn squishy. Thomas Rawls is going to get a chance to finally uh, – get out in the pass straight and run. They're going to run the football a lot, I think, just to, uh, one, keep Carolina from blitzing and throwing Russell Wilson off and probably see Russell Wilson throwing more from the shotgun as well. Um, but I'm still going to go Seattle at home. Legion of Boom is going to come in and, and keep K 
Cam Newton down. He he's gonna he's gonna fight. He he never gives up, but he's just not. That team is just not great. Um, Sherman's gonna cover Benjamin well enough that um, this one's not gonna be in doubt. Dude, I'm I completely agree. Last year was Carolina's the year, but it is not this year. Seattle all the way. I, I just Carolina does not have enough firepower to deal with that Seattle defense and Carolina's defense without Luke Keekley, I mean. They don't have enough to slow down Seattle's offense. I see Doug Baldwin having a field day. Yeah, he's going to have a big game. Uh, and finally, we're going to end the podcast with Monday Night Football. Indianapolis Colts going to the Meadowlands to play Shaka's New York Jets. Shaka, who do you have as the winner of this game? Well, like I said before, I hope that Scott Tolzien was getting another start. But in any case, it looks like Andrew Luck is going to be out there. Um... And we're gonna guarantee to see a sighting of um, T.Y. Hilton torching Darrell Rivas at least once. Yeah. In this game, um, I'm still going with my boys at home though. Uh, I love the Jets. Unfortunately, um, this led me astray this season, but I still gotta go. Our defense is far superior. With going up against a Frank Gore who's probably in the spotlight of his career. Yeah. Downside. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Luck, uh, he he's he's gonna have to deal with a lot of quarterback pressure. Um, I don't see him being a hundred percent, you know, comfortable in the pocket. And I think the Jets are gonna capitalize on that. It's not gonna be a beautiful win. It's not gonna be a big win, but it's gonna be a W nonetheless. We we need one really right now to kind of right the ship. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go contrarian. If Andrew Luck's coming back, I'm picking the Colts. I think his nastiness, Andrew Luck has a way, dude, he pulls rabbits out of his ass. And even against this Jets team, I think it's going to be pretty competitive because I, I, you know, I don't think the Colts are that good. And I, and I truly believe the Jets are better than their record represents. And I think that they absolutely have the opportunity to pull out this game against the Colts, especially on national TV. But if Andrew Luck is back, T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck, I mean, you nailed it, man. They're going to burn Darrell Revis once, maybe even twice. And that'll, At least once. That's, that's all they're going to need to pull out a victory for me. I'm going Colts. Okay. All right, dude, we did it. That's the, that's the podcast for this week. We ran through all the games from Week 12. We picked our winners for Week 13. As always, everybody, uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, Sam Sports Podcast. Uh, like my page on Facebook, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Smile at me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Watch football this week. Enjoy it as much as we do. Um, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Uh, glad to know that uh, I hope everyone's Thanksgiving was restful and uh, full of turkey and napping on the couch. Uh, Good to know, Shaka, you had a fair amount of napping on the couch. That is confirmed, correct? Absolutely. Well, good. Uh, guys, we will see you next week. Tune in. We'll give. A, we'll break down this amazing slate of Week ter- 13 games, as we've already established is an excellent week of games. Uh, Shaka and I are looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to having everybody tune in next week. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll do more football talk. Isn't that right, Shaka? Oh, yeah. Guys, everyone who's trying to make those playoff uh, tournaments, good luck to you. It's a big weekend for that, you know, kind of turn things around. If you're kind of teetering on scale, get it done this weekend. Yes, now is the time. 
Get, get those, win those leagues. Come on, you got to get into the playoffs. Get those playoff games up. This is this is crunch time, baby. It's crunch time. As always, any fantasy football questions, email us at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And on that note, we are out of here. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Enjoy the games, guys.